Hello there, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. It's episode 312. We're here to talk about movie. We're here to talk about comic. Ben's not here. Well, we'll move on. I'm Sparks Witty, <laughs> and I'm joined, of course, by Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello, welcome to the podcast. And as usual, Brandon T. McClure. I live here. That's, that's, uh, he lives in that box. That is unfortunate. We'll feed him three, um, times, three times a week. There's no room. You don't need all, you don't need a lot of room. I just um, have yeah. like a quart of a bookshelf in my life. Ben, Ben is, um, gambling away his life savings and we're just hanging out, um, wishing him the best. Yeah. While, uh, we celebrate birthdays like Ryan's. Yeah. I had a birthday. It's, it's not a, it's not a monumental birthday. So I just took it easy. Kept it sleazy though. <laughs> and watch uh, the cool the, movie. The, cool the silent in the terms of not usually being on the podcast partner of the podcast, Jeremy, whose birthday was today. So, yeah, there you go, Brandon, doing half your job for you. Look at that. All right. I was never going to, I was never going to do that, though. You were never <laughs> going to mention Ryan's birthday? Uh, no, I guess not. I never really do on the on, on this. Not even mine. If you recall, I didn't even mention mine. Ben had to do that. That's I mean, that's that's so inaccurate because both of you guys through the virtue of acknowledging doing the universal trip yearly will acknowledge <laughs> your birthdays. So uh, I don't, eh, I don't like thinking I'm that vain. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we have links in the description. Do we? We do. We have a few, um, we have a few fun ones. Um, Ben's not here. So I'm going to talk about him a lot. Um, Ooh, for example, hey, he's, he's, he still, he still deserves the time. He did the work. He does. He did the work, such as his two episodes he did with Grayson live. Um, he he's continuing to go on through Mario, uh, Super Mario 3D World, just cleaning up some stuff. And he he and Grayson did that. Those two episodes are in the description below. He also released a new episode of Dungeons and Dragons Dark. That's wrong. Dean Dark. Um, <laughs> his a uh, his Dungeons and Dragons podcast that he does with Danger Dangers and Grayson live and others. Um, he. Uh, uh, what happened in this episode? It, it, it's a cool episode. Carmilla's back. Cool. Maybe there's a boss battle next time. Am I doing it right? Yeah, you're doing it pretty all right. Yeah. All right, cool. I was just trying to be Ben in the moment, you know? Give a little sizzle. Yeah, a little. Give a little sizzle. Um, episode 12 is linked below. And uh, he also wrote an article for gunintended.com, which is in the description below as well. Uh, you can check out his article where he, he is uh, talking about tempering expectations for the uh, Mario Land coming to Universal Studios, California. Ooh, I hate to tell him that he's already screwed. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that ship sailed a if long boy, time ago. If that boy doesn't like pass out the second he walks in, then, like I'll be surprised. <laughs> like, from pure joy, like he just has like a heart attack. Right. Uh, I was shocked when he wrote that article. I was like, really? So I I I know like some people are not impressed with the ride that's there. Do you think Ben will admit that if he feels that, or he'll lie to himself for about a year before he'll Ooh. he'll admit that? If if that is how he only a year, <laughs> I think it's that one. Yeah. Okay. I think I think he'll say it's good for what it is. <laughs> he'll you know, finally so be positive about it. Ben Ben won't listen to this, so he can make all sorts of speculations. Go back to the tape when it, it opens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We should uh, uh, we should have this we should have this clip ready uh, when when it opens and he has done the ride and we can say and we can say if he says the line we could just play the clip. Good for what it is. 
All right. Everybody uh, so, drink. So that's what Ben has been doing this week. And unfortunately, he is not here to talk about them because he is off in Viva Laughlin, which was a TV show starring Hugh Jackman. Um, he is on your shirt, though. Was it really a show? <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> sure, it was meant to be. Um, yes, Ben is in spirit on my T-shirt, which you can find at tpublic.com, linked below. Girl, we um, already got the door open. Just go. No, it's they can't fit through this. Because I get stuck in it. My cats are trying to leave my my door, but there's a bookshelf next to it, and they they try to open it, and then they get caught when they yeah, it's cute. They it's don't cute. get caught. Um, outside of that, uh, Sparks and Ryan, you've got two episodes of your discussion of The Last of Us, episodes one and two. Clickers, yeah. Clickers. Episode episode one came out last week, but um, episode two out now. Yeah, clickers be clicking, y'all. Uh, right. Hey, that show. Uh, spoiler alert! It's, it's spoiler alert. It's a good show. Very good show. Very good show. If you want to, uh, if you want to hear us talk about it in depth with our friend Pi of the show, and we talk about some video game stuff, but mostly keep on to the show because like it's it is it is its own its own entity, which is which is great. It's a great it's a great experience. One of the best on TV right now for sure. Very cool. Um, as well as my, you, you gonna get you in on it, Brandon? I do want to see it. Yeah. I just haven't had the chance yet. Get on the gravy train. Um, I've heard nothing but good things, and I do really want to see it. Great. Um, I and I, uh, Ben and I, yes, Ben and I did a season one discussion of Willow, um, mm -hmm. the TV series that uh, he and I were able to finish. Um, uh, spoiler alert! I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Obviously, I really liked it. You get his thoughts on it as well. Um, yeah, really happy I got to do that, and you can check it out uh, linked below um, as well as on our new fake nerds watch audio feed Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh yeah so the fake nerds watch audio feed is live it is up right now we can check out um the first two episodes of the last of us uh the season one discussion of willow and the entirety of our discussion of star wars Andor. Yep. uh those are available currently on the fake nerds watch uh, audio feed new audio feed you can go subscribe to it right now if you don't like if you if you have if you're one of those people who don't watch youtube videos don't watch this on youtube uh and you're like oh my goodness i wish i could know what they thought of uh uh star wars andor but i can't sadly i can't yeah. i mean right? all pretty much all of the review shows i listen to are all on my phone right. they're like yeah. through like spotify yeah. or i, I, I usually really, do on yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so now, now you can. They are, they are there. You can go, you can go and subscribe to that. Uh, for you audio listeners, that, that is in the description below. For you live watchers, that's not there yet. I forgot. Um, it's it's it will gonna be, be it's gonna be like a, a magic trick because Brandon and I already talked about the schedule for releasing other audio versions of the ones that have already been out. Basically, timing it with the other things. things that are related to it as it comes out this year. So anyone who just listens to that audio feed and for some reason will not pursue our YouTube channel, yeah, uh, they're just all of a sudden going to get like eight episodes at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to be like, ah! <laughs> That's good. Okay. Uh, when, Hawkeye, when, when Echo drops, just the whole thing of Hawkeye. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, so then now... Compare oh, Hawkeye's two episodes, so yeah, that's not true. quite the, the, the dump I was talking about. Um, <laughs> the dump, you say? More like more like the Mandalorian season three, where all our episodes of season one, all our episodes of season two, and the yeah. Book of Boba Fett will all drop at once. Um, and obviously the Star Trek. So a lot of the back catalog that you've seen that you will you have heard us talk about on on this channel, um, on this on these episodes, a lot of that back catalog will come to the audio feed in time. Um, not all of it. Not all of it is coming to the audio feed, but uh, most of it will be available on that audio feed uh, in time. So there you go. So you can go and subscribe to that right now. 
Love it. Um, and finally, our um, Sparks and I, we did a review on his on his show, Animation Station, for mm-hmm. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. That's true. It's really all our, our show, but it's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, you know, you birthed it. It's your yeah. child. It's your baby. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> choo choo, <laughs> choo choo. There you go. Yeah. It was a stork, actually. That's no, I'm name. really, I'm really glad you know um, that we have it, and it's an outlet where we can do things like talk about Puss in Boots: The Last Wish because there's frankly just no room or time to do it otherwise. So, um, mm-hmm. cool. I'm glad we did it. Me too. We we both really enjoyed that movie. Check out why. Links below. Um, that is also audio, by the way. Animation Station will probably be on a case-by-case basis audio. Uh, not everything will be available audio, but most most things probably will. So, mm-hmm. And uh, for, for they will be audio on the Fickner podcast feed, not on its own feed. So Right, yeah. We're not creating an audio version of Animation Station. Yeah. Um, so you'll just find them popping up on the uh, Fickner podcast feed. Also, uh, movie reviews will show up independently. Like, you know, uh, what we do here... Uh, we'll kind of break it up and just give you the movie review halfway through the week or something. Um, and you can just listen to that independently if you'd like. So mm-hmm. all ways to make things easier on, on our, on our wonderful listeners who we love dearly and are over 200 subscribers on YouTube, which I think is pretty cool that we crossed that milestone. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Love it. Like it. Love it. Want Thanks black more? Adam. Want some more. Thanks. Thanks black Adam. We just need, Hey, we just need DC to put out more mediocre movies and then we got an audience. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I hope okay. Well, I mean, let's talk about a trailer later. <laughs> I'm just joshing. Yeah. Um, that's that. That's all the links below. You can check them out. Check them out. Click on them. Love them. What's who wants to go first of the week? I will. Um, yeah. How oh. I Met Your Father came back. It did. Did they, uh, did they meet him? No. Well, actually, so the premise of How I Met Your Father, because you were being funny, but you asked the question. The premise is that you met him in the first episode, but you don't know which person it is. Did they meet just like a little ton of dudes? There's like five guys introduced in the first episode, and one of them is the father, but oh, you don't know who it is. It's so Mamma Mia. So it's not so much How I Met Your Father, it's How I Fell in Love with Your Father. Oh, that's cute. And it's, um, and it's a diverse cast, So and so we don't see the kid, because just in case he cool. ends up with the... Oh, I see. I hope that makes sense. Because yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. No, you don't see the kids you, this time, so you don't know who the dad could possibly be yet. Cute. Um, cute. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it came back. Um, I'm only really highlighting it to say like I think that they're they're again like getting closer and closer to I think capturing what was really good about How I Met Your Mother um, in their own show and in their own way. But there's a lot of elements to this premiere that were like. This is like when How I Met Your Mother was really like working its narrative and knowing what it was doing for being a sitcom, making itself unique. How I Met Your Father is finding the same ways to incorporate thematically what that was, but in its own way. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I also I watched the first episode as well, um, and I wasn't crazy about the tease. I kind of I'm kind of bummed they spoiled that in the first episode. I, I here's the thing. I'm of two minds about it because I like the thing where they, that they're, uh, this is kind of one of the things I was alluding to, which is where they're doing the How I Met Your Mother thing where they're telling you about something that's going to be relevant ahead of time. So you're looking for like the things that lead to that journey. They're giving you a a clue ahead of time. Um, But I agree with you that I didn't need to know there was another cameo coming with that, uh, that far in advance. I didn't feel like I needed that, but clearly they did. And it's whatever. Yeah, we'll as long see. as the story's good, by the time we get there, I don't care. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also uh, started watching Willow this week in a 
absolutely sham of an attempt to try to be on the fake nerds watch discussion of it um and it was just never gonna happen um but i got three episodes in and i think yeah. it's good um i think it's i don't want to say too much about it um they're they're doing some things specifically with warwick davis's character where i'm like i don't know if this was the choice but i guess it's the choice and we'll see how i feel about by the end of it Mm -hmm. um i don't know right now i'm kind of like it's, I, it's just not the way i would have gone with it it's also i think it's pushing warwick davis out of his comfort zone for what he's capable of acting in a not good way mm. and i and i don't blame him for that i think the material is demanding something of him that as an actor he either isn't capable of or just hasn't had enough opportunity to work on so kind of being thrown into the deep end on some of his performance stuff, because there's some line reads where I'm like, this is just not grooving. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not playing the emotion that I think the scene is asking. Uh, and I don't really, I don't fully blame him for that. I think the script is failing him to a degree, but I think it's also just the unfortunate nature of his career because of who he is, is that he has not been given a lot of opportunity to flesh things like this out. So I think it's kind of an uphill struggle, but like it, it, that that's something I'm getting right now at three episodes in and, and it's not, it's not ruining the show or anything, but it is noticeable, but visually what a feast yeah. uh, for fantasy elements. Like there's a lot of great stuff here. A lot of great stuff here in terms of like the fantasy stuff, pra practical stuff, a lot of practicals, a lot yes. of uh, uh, real, real gross looking creatures in some places. I like um, those monsters. It's, 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 it's firing on some cylinders in that department for sure. I love gross cylinders. I um, I look forward to talking to you in depth about it. But I will say that I do. I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Um, I, the beginning of the series is kind of rocky for Warwick for Warwick Davis, and they do something with this character that they decide not to continue doing. That even that when we discussed it on the on the Fake News Watch episode that you can listen to now, um, we were Ben and I were both kind of like, what was that? Why did they do that? And seemingly just to drop it halfway through the series. Yeah. So um, that'll be cool. I'm excited to talk to you about it off air um, and to listen to your guys' review when I finish it. I think it's, I think it's absolutely worth watching. I, I sit at that point still, because I think all of the supporting cast around Warwick Davis have cool characters and are giving good performances. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, that's not me saying Warwick Davis is the Achilles heel of the show, but stuff going on with what they're trying to make him do and you're making me feel better about where the show goes with it mm -hmm. uh is is a little herky-jerky right now yeah i get you i look forward to talking to you more about it when you watch more Herdy -gurdy. hey i played uh like a ton of god of war ragnarok um but i'm still not done so you know it's there just say uh, one one cool thing just one cool thing just one without cool being spoilery thing. yeah yeah it's like what's what i cool think thing i did? think everyone knows if you know god of war you know freya's in the game um, I think the arc of stuff that I have gotten through specifically most recently with Freya is some of my favorite stuff that's happened in the game. And I really like it. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely feeling like I'm reaching a point where I'm like, I feel like the end of the second game probably would have come up soon mm -hmm. from yeah. here. Um, but how that's not going to be the case. Are you, are you in now? Do you think? Oh, I'm at least like 16 or 17, but yeah. to be fair, that's like an amount of me, uh, spending too much time being like, I'm gonna get that goddamn raven. I'm gonna get that raven. Oh I'm my god! The path to get that raven. Oh yeah, my fire. god! So, 
so many times. I spent so much time trying to get those damn ravens. That's that's I like doing that. That was such that was so fun. Um, last week we read a manga called uh, Kaiju Number Eight. And I'm going to tell you that I have read up to chapter 54 of Kaiju number eight this week because I couldn't stop there. I needed to know the rest of the story um, that's out. That's like six or seven volumes of a comic. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, there are 78 chapters out at this moment. Uh, what, what are you reading it on? I'm reading it on Manga Plus. Okay, that's what I read it on. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I will say if you... Wanted to keep going. I'm not going to be spoilery, but something I think we all just from the premise of what it's set up in those first chapters wanted to see happens within like the first 30 chapters. Mm. And I was like, oh, dang, this is way earlier than I thought this particular moment was going to occur. This is very exciting. I will I will continue probably reading that. Um, Especially because it's free. I really, really like it. Uh, I think Kaiju number eight is really, really fun. Um it says that where I'm at is just about the end of the third arc, I believe, but it really feels like it's all kind of been one arc up to this point, and now I'm moving into some totally new territory. I see. Interesting. Okay, um, so there's that. Uh, Last of Us, watch the show. Uh, we already touched on it. Um, go go check out our Fake Nerds Watch, but it's a great show, so everyone should be checking it out if they can. Really, really enjoying it. Uh, and then I started watching from where I left off the last season of The Flash so that maybe I'll be finished before the new one starts or roughly around that time so I can just continue all the way into the end because it's the only show I was missing anything from. I just didn't finish last season. Um, so I'm doing that. Um, I will highlight that they did this thing right after the Armageddon event, which was the first five episodes of last season, which I kind of talked about when I watched it. Um, Cause it was cool. Cause they brought like black lightning and all this kind of stuff in um, the episode right after is about Barry's kids. And it's about Barry's kids fixing a time fissure that they created. Um, not intentionally. Uh, Nora. Uh, no, like they, Nora, his daughter. Yeah. No, but that's her name. Yeah. yeah. Right? I Nora, got it right. Nora and Bart. Okay. Nora and Bart. Um, oh, I didn't meet Bart. I stopped watching Bart. Bart just showed up at the beginning of the oh, last season. How does he? How's he? How's he's Bart? good. He's really good. Oh, um, I, I like. Bart. Here's the thing. This is why I wanted to bring it up because Nora and Bart. It's basically a Nora and Bart episode, and it's a thing where they get back to their time in 2049, and they find out that uh, kind of working with their dad on stuff Blade related Runner. stuff related to Godspeed and um, the Armageddon event caused uh, <clears throat> caused like them to accidentally make a small time ripple that changed something important. So they, uh, important personally to them, not like important to the entire world kind of thing. Yeah. So they have to go back and try and like Legends of Tomorrow style fix it, but without breaking it more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so they go back to the year during um, Arrow season two, when- Deathstroke Arrow? Uh, when Barry- had been struck by lightning and was in a coma yes but had mm. not started his adventures as a flash yet so he's in the coma at this time and so you're kind of checking you're kind of getting a window into what all the other characters were doing during that time that's cool um mm. like what what uh it it puts uh joe his adoptive dad his his now wife it shows when they first interacted like on the path towards dating does she still have come... superpowers 
Well, not at that point in time, no, but, but yes, now, yes. Now, okay, I was making sure. Because sometimes, you know, they regress that shit. Yeah, uh, uh, Cisco's not on the show, so that kind of stuff doesn't happen so much anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but it was really cool. Uh, anyway, the point of this being, it's a really fun adventure from their perspective. And um, it heavily features uh, Jay. Um, oh, Jay Garrick? Yeah, Jay Garrick, who is their uncle. Uh, they call him uncle. Uncle uh, um, because he that so a whole lot has happened to get to that point, but so it involves them kind of working with Uncle Jay and referencing a lot of his Flash story stuff, and I'm like, there's a perfectly good show that could have been spun out of the Flash that's about these two kids and and him, and bro, I would you, you that if they made a Bart show, that would that would people would watch the show. They're both they're both very charismatic and they work really well together and they're fun to watch. And I'm like, this is like new life in the show. I would watch a show based around these kids in 2049 i don't care like make it up make up what 2049 is with their uncle give felicity smokes kid or whatever well they tried to they tried to do that with the green arrow and the canaries right yeah she and she was in the episode right before that's this one um, yeah that i'm referring to uh i can just i can see the trajectory where that could have been a cool thing and um it's a shame that that's not something they even tried earlier just to reinvigorate the flash like we could have had a whole season with those kids yeah and it would have been great can I real quickly just remind everyone how cool uh, uh, Jay Garrick's actor, oh, the guy's name. The original Flash. I know yeah. his name. Do you know Remember? his name? I forgot his name completely. Don? Don? John, John Wesley Ship. Yes. Um, when, he he... Played, when he came back as the 90s Flash in Crisis on Infinite Earths and died, that's a good scene. Yeah, most of the, It oh, is, yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say John Wesley Snipes, and I was like, "That's not right, man." <laughs> that's their fusion. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun episode um, for sure. It, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if you were in the mood, like, and wanted to highlight something, watch episode six of season eight of The Flash. Um, it's a little bottle pocket episode about those kids, and I think it's good. I actually might do that. Um, yeah. uh, but it'll also give you a window into a show you will never see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, real quick. that was fun. Oh, there was also a fun reference, real quick, because uh, when they were analyzing the time stuff, um, there was actually I didn't realize that there was an early setup for Booster Gold in Legends oh. because they see a news thing about him and it's like Donald Faison's Booster Gold and everything. Uh, and they're like, Who's Booster Gold? And that actually came about later in Legends, which I'd already watched, but that's really cool. I it's it is it's a little sad that, like, you know, how many years ago at this point, like seven years ago. Like every almost every day of the week, I'd be watching a new superhero show on the CW, and I'm like, it's pretty good. And all oh, the season's bad, but it's still pretty good. And now I'm just like, I just like I, they're all behind me, and I'm like, man, it's just time. Time's a late. Uh, John John Cryer also apparently approached them about um, when Supergirl was ending about wanting to do a Legion of Doom show that he would head. Give me as, a break. As, that, like, sounds so, that sounds too cool. Um, and uh, because everything was seemingly shutting down, you know, they turned it down. He's like, I guess it just wasn't meant to be, but it oh sounded God. really awesome. Just that Gorilla Grodd CG guy in a full TV show the entire time. That'd be so great. He he was really he was really into it, and he was like, I really want to spearhead this and like make a Lex Luthor focused Legion of Doom. Show show and um you know do a thing where like the villains are the main stars and the superheroes from all the different shows cameo in an episode or two that sounds fun and they decided to go with justice you yeah not only that they decided to go with that shitty shitty gotham show oh gotham knights (laughs) yeah oh my gosh you you put that in the trailers whenever that that came up but that is good truly one of the worst trailers i've ever seen and i'm try i try to give things the benefit of the doubt that looks awful. So bad. Wow. I, I didn't see. even get through the trailer, and I was like, I it's, don't want. I didn't I even want to try. Well, 
that if that show lasts a season, if it doesn't get canceled, before, it makes me it makes me feel like the way that I felt like I was probably going to feel about the Powerpuff Girls show, mm. like it's happening. Really. Oh yeah, uh, I'm like oh god. I'm so glad we're not living in this reality. The Joker's daughter. Man, the John Cryer John Cryer was a great Lex Luthor. He really um, was. Real quickly. He was so good. Um, he's he's up there with one of my favorite performances that's been done in live action, for sure. Uh, I think he was incredible. And if he really was committed to doing a Legion of Doom, that would have been a ton of fun. I think he's also had the right idea of like, let's invert the whole formula of what the other shows have been and like have all your various superheroes you created, even the ones that we've put aside for a while or forgotten, like have all those heroes, like get their own episode where they're challenging the stuff that we're doing. Um, Real quickly, remember remember when Legion of Super, Legends of Tomorrow did a, a, a quote Legion of Doom, which was Thrawn, uh, Merlin, and um, who was the Merlin. third one? Merlin. Yeah. Um, John Barrowman, Merlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot that was his name. Right? Um, yeah, the Black, Mal- the Black Archer. Merlin. It's, it's, um, it's Damien Dark. Damien Dark. But, but, man, that season was so cool. I loved, I loved whenever, whenever they got that guy to play Thrawn. And they actually had him playing Thrawn when he was supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, like, we'll go back to... We'll just have Tom Cavanaugh. Waters. Yeah. Those were the good times. <clears throat> That's a good season. That was a good season. Um, honestly, David... Legends, of, Legends of Tomorrow only gets better after that. David Harbour? Not David Harbour. Um, the guy who plays Solid Snake is the voice of Gorilla Grodd. David Hayter. David Hayter, thank you. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's cool stuff in there. Like, you know, it's a massive legacy of shows and there's definitely cool stuff in there. Like, I, I will always recommend top of the list. Like, everything Legends of Tomorrow post-season two is, I think, some of the best uh, stuff that the CW made. Um, especially if you want to get some of that Matt Ryan Constantine episode. You're, it's it's yeah. a crying shame to not watch his seasons because they're incredible. Yeah. Um, especially the fact that they paid off his, his original show, uh, I thought was so cool. Um, and then, of course, Black Lightning, I'll always recommend. Um, Supergirl, I think, was pretty solid all the way up until uh, getting a little, maybe just long in the tooth on the fifth season. Um, yeah. Okay. One last thing. Uh, it was Ryan's birthday yesterday, and he picked a movie for us to watch, and we watched Interstellar, which I'd never seen. We went to space. And I really enjoyed it. It was a great time. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot how cool some of the visuals are in that movie. I did, too. That's my favorite visualization of a black hole. It's, it's yeah, That's real cool. Yeah, uh, and uh, all this is that your final thing? Yeah, we can just pick it back into mine because I, I just besides Interstellar, I did one other thing. So let's talk about Interstellar. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, and I thought like, yeah, that movie came out like five years ago. Yeah, that movie came out uh, nine years ago, and I'm like, good god, yeah, it came out 2014, and I'm like, good god, I don't know how time works anymore. I my bones hurt. Um, <laughs> so it's been a lot longer than five years, I think. And I've I've hurt. always just loved this movie. And the first 30 minutes, it's good. But I'm like, man, maybe I, maybe this movie isn't, isn't as good as I remember. And then we get to the space stuff. And the space stuff is truly, uh, one, it's because it's an expensive Nolan movie. But it is some of the most impressive and like visually stunning spaceship you've ever seen. Whether it's black holes, wormholes, just like they're flying over Saturn. Them like, them like cruising like through uh, like a wormhole and like time bends around them. It's just like, uh, it's just like, it's, it's awe-inspiring. It's my favorite visualization of a wormhole. Yeah, uh, it's so the, cool. The way like you just see like space but flat, and then like you just like the crater that they're flying that they're flying over is so okay. awesome. And the first time they go through the wormhole, uh, and that the way that they like they're like it's like they're they're like on a wave, and then it just stops, and then they're just like in space. Mm-hmm. It's like it's incredible, and like 
this is one movie I wish they would re-release in like theaters or IMAX for like one day because I would I would kill to see this on an IMAX screen. Mostly they because do. mostly because the the version we watched every five minutes it would keep going back and forth between the aspect ratios. Oh, I yeah. I really like the um the sequence. The, I really like how it's like able to do like scientifically accurate cool shit. Um like. Mm-hmm. Scientifically accurate. They they do stretch it a little bit. Be, yeah. Because it is set in the future, they could do a little bit more stuff with sci-fi, and it's really cool that they can. But like there's a sequence where like the space station that they were flying is like spinning uncontrollably, and they're just like, Okay, now we're gonna dock with it. How are we gonna dock with it? We're gonna spin too. And I'm like, Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it's a uh like written on paper, it's like uh uh you know, a ship spins to dock with while well, dock with a station. Like, doesn't sound very cool, but like, yeah. give it to a good director, give it to the god Hans Zimmer. His score in this movie is so good, mm-hmm. and he's and just like man, like from here on, like he just gets because he definitely hit like a repetitive mode, like in like like late two thousands, you know, or like you know the pirates, Batman stuff. But like, uh, uh, not that those are those are bad scores, of course, but you know they start to sound similar. And in, in uh, Inception, you know, they it's a little similar, but like from here on, and like especially with Dune, like. Man, Hans Zimmer, so when he's in his bag, he's like he's in like seventeen bags at once. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, like this is like like spoilers for a t- almost ten year old movie, but like the secret star of this movie, I think, is Jessica Chastain. Like she's like the secret mm-hmm. punch uh, that she's like shows up like two hours into this movie. Uh, I'm like, oh man. Uh, I you want to know? know you want to know my theory about Hans Zimmer? What's your theory about this? I don't know if this is true. I've no I have no reason to think this is true. It kind of just kind of sounds fun. I think there's two Hans Zimmers. There's his intern and there's him. Mm-hmm. When he's yeah. like, when he's like doing the score, phenomenal. We get like yeah. Interstellar, we get Dune, we get the Pirates trilogy. Sometimes it's his intern where it's yeah. like not great. It's yeah. kind of like ba- basic numbers Hans Zimmer. But I would say the, the last, the last for for the last couple of years, like they've all been bangers because like I think he did he did uh, Blade Runner too, and that movie. He, he- but here's the thing: you haven't seen all of his scores because he did he did Boss Baby. Hey man, we all got to do a paycheck once in a while. That's what I'm saying. Intern. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it a bad score? Yes. Yeah. Is it a bad score? Yes. Oh, well, man, I can't. I can't. It is an unmemorable. Movie. It is an unmemorable Hans Zimmer score, which he does because he does yeah. three or four. He scores three or four movies a year, and yeah. so I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking he's got someone who's doing some of these. That's just a lot of work. Just a lot of work for yeah. him. And he goes on tour and like plays guitar in his own tours. And I'm like, just take a maybe he doesn't. And he does a master class. Oh my god, you're so he busy, Hans. Love yeah. you, Hans. Uh, yeah, Intercell is great. Still think it's great. Um, so uh, there was a Microsoft Bethesda showcase. It's like, hey, here's a couple games coming out in the next couple months. Uh, and they you should have put that trailer in here to be honest. Uh, it, it's it's fine. Uh, uh, it, it I get it technically. So it was announced on Wednesday and it came out on Wednesday. Uh, and it has been blowing up the video game world. Uh, this game called Hi-Fi Rush from the makers of The Evil Within and The Evil Within 2, some of the most horrific, scary games ever made, comes this ultra-bright, vibrant, uh, uh, like, uh, hi-fi, it's a hi-fi, uh, um, uh, a rhythm action game uh, that's, that is, the director has said it, it's inspired by Edgar Wright films, those specifically drive, drive, uh, drive, drivey baby? Scott Fuller. No, what's um, baby Scott, driver, baby, baby driver. driver, baby driver, and then Scott Pilgrim. Um, B- baby driver specifically with like the music being so integral to like specific actions. Well, not the same with Scott Pilgrim too, but he sorted those two movies. But it's also got tons of other influences. But my goodness, it is perfectly described as like the best like lost Dreamcast game ever made. Uh, it's it's yeah uh yeah it's 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 very um speaking to a specific style. Actually, Brandon, if you can just like 
take a look at that trailer while we're, talk we're talking about this real quick. You don't have to listen to it or anything. Just take a quick look at the visuals so that you can. You would it. not because I think you would like this game. Is the point? Yeah, it's it's it feels like a PS2 game. Like it's level based. Like uh, uh, you go through missions and then you complete levels and like the game's like six to eight hours and you get like a new like a new power up like every level. Um, you gotta fight your seven bosses. It's it's basically yeah. It's basically like corporate Scott Pilgrim. Um, it's incredible. It is such an incredible game. And I'm I'm about three hours in now. I've I've tried to put an hour in every day. Uh, uh, but you know, you know life and stuff. Um, but it's just so fun and like, and the thing is, it is entirely rhythm based. Like everything has to be like done to rhythm. But if you if you're not super rhythmic, you can still you can still play the game fine. It is a like uh, hack and slash type game. But if you happen to have rhythm, you'll just do extra damage right. and it'll do extra cool moves. Right. Um, so it helps to be on the beat. And you have a little robot that always has a little beat mirror going on for a metronome, so it helps you stay on beat. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and like every level you get introduced to a new item or a new companion. It's just so cool. Uh, and again, having it be level based, like it's not a giant open world, you know, hundred hour game. It's a game that I'm going to be able to beat in a couple hours. Uh, that, and that's I, nice. The moment I'm done with Ragnarok, this is the next. Yeah. You can beat this. Honestly, like if you, if you play it, like, like you're doing like God of War rock or Ragnarok sittings, you can beat this in two or three sittings. Yeah. Um, I am just so jazzed with it. Um, if this is an incredibly weak year for games, which I doubt it will be, this could be a game of the year contender. But I already know, but it's like, so early. But it's, yeah. but, but like, it's it's not Elden Ring good, yeah. right? But it is a very, very good game. Right. Um, I am so thrilled. And these type of stealth announcements don't generally happen for games this big. Like, this is from a big developer uh, being published by Microsoft uh, on the Xbox Game Pass store. Um, this usually happens with like smaller indie. Truly, games. truly caught the gaming world off guard and took it by storm this yeah. week. And and it's so good, like it doing something like this, like it probably uh, gave it more publicity than doing the year long cycle of here's a trailer, six months later here's another trailer, right. two weeks here's another new trailer, like. Right. Because it's, it's one of those things where you watch that trailer and you're like, I want to go play that now, and they're like, yeah. Great, you can. Yeah, and and the thing that is the most impressive about it is, uh, it at times it has it has two D cutscenes. Uh, uh, but the game's like 3D, right? So uh, it is, it, it'll be seamless. It will be a 2D cutscene, and you'll like be running into a hallway, and it was a quick cut, like of, of like a like a hallway screen, and it comes out, and you're in the 3D environment. It does very beautiful transitions. Like you'll go bang through a wall after getting punched, and it'll be into a 2D cutscene, and then when you stand up, you're back into the 3D environment. It is stunning. It is a, such a beautiful game. Um, and again, it's so weird to think that like people who made a Resident Evil style game made this game. Right. Um, but then you look at the 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 history of the, the director, and he worked on Beautiful Joe for the GameCube like 20 years, so 20 sense. years ago. And that is a hundred percent makes so much sense yeah. now. Um Joe, gosh. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, this is like I'm I'm it's a bummer that it's on Game Pass because you know that means it's it's not people aren't paying full price for it, but that means that Microsoft gave them a huge like payout to put it on Game Pass. Right. And hopefully this game is still uh, successful enough where like uh, it's exclusive now, but like it might come to PS5. Uh, and if it does, it will just it will do gangbusters. Great, great experience. Brandon, what do you think of looking at that trailer just now? It looks, it looks really cool. Right, like it yeah. looks like a game you'd want to play. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like Devil May Cry or like Ninja Guy, like one of those like 3D action like a heavy games, like almost like old like an old old school God of War, um, but like level based, like something like like a Crash Bandicoot where you're collecting gems to upgrade your stuff, and like it's all and you're just like it's a great loop. Um, just a great experience. Like I, I wish, I wish I could play it more because, like, I just I'm thinking about it. I'm like, and the music and it's so good, and the boss and like the boss fights are to the rhythm of songs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is like if Edgar Wright made a game. Uh, it's 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 perfect. I have like literally no complaints about it. A plus. 
Very cool. All right. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Um, well, I did only. I only got two things I want to talk about. Um, we'd already talked about Interstellar, so beyond that, um, I finished the arc that I was on for Doctor Who. Um, just to catch you up, if you haven't been listening, I've been listening to the audio adventures for Doctor Who, and I was on his, I think, his third arc. Um, which is the arc where he goes into a parallel dimension that Rassilon. Let me follow, see. Let me see if you guys follow this. Um, a parallel dimension that Rassilon put into a pocket universe and closed it off, so it has no concept of linear time, no linear time at all, actually. And in fact, every twenty years loops. Brandon, I read comics. That sounds like a Tuesday. It's very cool, is what my point is, because like I, cool. I, I was not, I was not trying to, I was not trying to say that. <laughs> Uh, anything about anyone's intelligence. So I was just right. saying, I was just trying to highlight how cool it was because I think what these audio adventures do very well are those high concepts. Something that these shows would never, that the TV show could never do, sometimes would try and maybe budgetary restraints because there's no budgetary restraints on these audio adventures. They can do anything they want. All they have to be is like, the TARDIS is falling. Just make a, a falling sound effect. Speaking, speaking of budget stuff, did you hear the confirmation that Disney is putting budget into Doctor Who from now on? Yeah. Not like, it's not going to be on like Mandalorian level, but like Davies himself was commenting like, yeah, the budget increase is one of the reasons I, I wanted to come back because of what we can do now. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to make a bunch of spinoffs again. I'm like, well, the last spinoffs you made were great. So more go for it. Um, with Maybe without John Barrowman this time. Um, anyway. So these Doctor Who episodes were very cool. Um, uh, they were very easy to listen to at the gym because um, I go to the gym now. And um, I, the, these things, the, these episodes are so high concept. So just kind of like, you, you know, even if you're not, even if you're not really paying, if, if you're not really paying attention, you can't really follow a lot of the, the gobbledygook that's going on, but it doesn't like, it doesn't like hurt the story at all because you can pick up the context clues and whatnot. And ultimately the the background big concepts that they're doing aren't the point of the thing. It's all about the doctor's journey with Charlie and, and Kara's who's his new companion. And, um, he, he finds, and it's such a, it's such a cool idea of going into this divergent universe. And so I finished that. Um, uh, and at the end of that spoilers, because he has to come back because the time war is going to happen soon. Um, he has to come back to his universe. So he, so they do, they come back to his universe and lo and behold, they open a door and there's a bunch of Daleks behind the door and they're like, Oh, Oh boy. Exterminate. <laughs> and, uh, that's where the next arc picks up. And I just started listening to the next arc and, um, Davros is like dying, I guess. And the Daleks need it. Need the doctor. Again. Again. Um, I really like Paul McGann as the doctor. I can sing his praises all the time. I think he's a fantastic doctor. He's so witty and fun, but also really dark. Um, a lot darker than his pre than his previous counterparts because um, the, uh, especially like the seventh doctor who he like the seventh doctor regenerated to the eighth doctor, obviously, but like the idea that like the seventh doctor is kind of whimsical and very much like um, kind of like a, kind of like a goofy doctor and he's fun. He's a lot of fun, but it's really, it's really interesting to see him regenerate into someone who's so morose a lot of the time. Um, because the eighth doctor has a personality change from the TV movie he did to the audio plays because they had the idea that like, what if the goofiness that the eighth doctor is, is, is kind of uh, projecting is a front. What if actually he's a very morose doctor and that excited Paul McGann. And so like, he's very passionate about doing that version of the doctor and it's really cool to see. And now they have the time war as an endpoint where i'm at so we're gonna start seeing the doctor kind of move into 
um, where where we know he's meant to meant to end up. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. I really like it a lot. I'm happy to be listening to to these adventures. Also, Charlie, uh, such a delightful companion. She's wonderful. Um, she's so snarky and fun uh, and and takes no shit. Um, she was apparently so popular that they spun her off into her own adventures. Everybody gets a spin-off. Yeah, she gets after she leaves the eighth doctor, she gets picked up by the sixth doctor, and then she goes off on her own. Which, by the way, that sounds really cool. The idea that a future companion gets picked up by a past doctor. Yeah. Cool idea. Anyway. Yeah. And finally, I just want to talk about I've started watching Ted Lasso. I'm about a season and a half into Ted Lasso. Just, just started and you're a season and a half in. It's only 30 minutes long. <laughs> Um, I didn't start it today. I just, you know. um, it's very man. Believe the hype. Yeah, believe the hype. It's an incredible show. It's very heartwarming. It's very funny. It's very funny. Um, the cast is just the most likable people you've ever met in your life, just making jokes. And um, Jason Sudeikis, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. he's phenomenal in it. He's he's incredible. It's almost transformative how good he is in this role. Um. I, Hercules. I, what? That's Hercules. That's right. Yes. Uh, so one of the guys, one of the soccer players on the team, because it's a show about soccer. Sorry, football. Um, it's uh, for those of you who don't know, it's about a, it's about a, a midwestern coach, football coach, going to to, to coach soccer in London. Um, and and that's the that's the plot. But uh, one of the one of the guys is Roy Kent. He's kind of this aging uh, soccer uh, soccer guy, a uh, soccer player. Um, he was just cast in Thor: Love and Thunder as Hercules. He's so good. <laughs> He's so funny. Um, I I I I adore him. I adore most of most. I adore everyone in the cast except for one guy who I just I would just want to punch. Um, but that's his character. He's supposed to be well, someone you want to punch. But yes, phenomenal show. Believe the hype. Really like it. Uh, season three, I guess, is coming this year. So yeah, that's it. Love it. Shall we get into our bread and butter? Let's call it Babs. Cool. So some sad news up top. This was just reported today. Annie Wershing uh, died of cancer at the age of 45. Um, she was Tess in The Last of Us. Um, she was in almost every, she was in every Eric Kripke series except for um, The Boys where he was, he made a thing where he was like, I was looking for a role for her. Um, cause I cast her in everything. And, uh, last season of Star Trek Picard, she played the Borg queen in a really great role. Uh, oh, that's that, awesome. Yeah. That she just ate up. She was incredible. Yeah. I, I mostly know her from tests, but like I've, I've played that game multiple times on different systems cause of remasters and whatnot, but like that it's so, it's, it's such a bummer first of all, she passed away at all, of course, but it's like during like her, the resurgence of the last of us is happening like this, this month. Like it just started again, where people are playing that game for the first time and experiencing that version of Tess, which I I love. Mm-hmm. That is such an incredible character. Like uh, uh, this is something I, I don't think I actually I brought up on on a on the show that we do the fake news watch for. So you know, inside scoop here. Actually, the I think the Tess in the in the game is a little more brutal, just because there's more there's more action in the game, so they have to make it a more action packed stuff. But like I, she is so good, and she she has she has such like a menace to her, and like such like a cruelty uh uh that, that she's re- she's such a good actor um it just it's a it's a real big bummer because again like the, the episode with tess was literally last like last week that was her like her big episode was like that last week um 
That's yeah. it's, it's a it's tragic. It's so young. Forty five is awful. Yeah. That's just terrible. Um, I uh, obviously saw her in a bunch of things. You look at our IMDb page; she's everywhere. And and uh, she was in Twenty Four. She was, uh, uh, but she was uh, had a recurring role in The Rookie, where I, th- I think she was playing the serial killer arch villain, um, which I, I heard mm. nothing but good things from, um, from my mom. But you know, <laughs> um, but uh, she was the Borg Queen last season, and, and and I remember when she was first cast, I was surprised because like why don't why not just cast Alex uh, Creek um, mm-hmm. as uh, as as the Borg Queen? Why not recast her? Uh, but the version of the Borg Queen they they wrote was, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, she was incredible. Like she really was just like nailed that part, um, and that's such a such a tragedy. She apparently got her first her first acting gig, gig was on an episode of Star Trek Enterprise. So it's kind of an interesting full circle. Yeah, look at that. Hmm. Sparks, anything you want to add? No, you guys kind of covered it all. You know, it's just very sad. Yeah. I'm sad to know it. Um, all right, some comic book news. Uh, Tom Taylor and Nicola Scott will be teaming up for Titans. Um, this is going to be a series set after Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths and Nightwing number 100, which will feature the team lineup, the original lineup of Nightwing, Cyborg, uh, Starfire, Raven, The Flash, uh, Donna Troy, and Beast Boy. Um, and basically, there is no Justice League, and the Titans are the Justice League. For now. For now. Yep. I'll take I what think- I can get. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool, the idea that, like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sideline the Justice League for a bit and have the Titans be the premier team. Didn't they also this this week release key art that gave away the like return of the Justice League is eminent? Mm, I didn't see that. I did. Um, I guess it wasn't supposed to come out, but it did. And mm-hmm. so like everyone's like, cool, the Justice League is back this year, if not this summer. Um, yeah. Wait, well, wasn't the point of like what? I don't even know if it was Dark Crisis. But wasn't the point of like a recent event that like the Justice League is missing, so all the other people made a new Justice League? All right, so let's let's recap real quickly. So Justice League fifty something, I think, uh, was written by Joshua Williamson, and it was to tie into his infinite his infinite frontier death of stuff. The Justice League. And it was the death of the Justice League, and it was and it was like the whole point is like the Justice League is dead. Turns out in Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths, the Justice League are not dead; they're just missing, and the um and the uh, other heroes have to have to find them or face them or something John um, Kent created a justice league i saw the panels on twitter yeah and uh and 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 now uh now they're just retired oh now they're just like we don't want to be a justice league anymore justice league, not from big superheroes everything else because i gotta have a batman book <laughs> yeah and there's a superman book and a wonder woman book but like they're just not gonna be a justice league anymore that's I will, whatever excuse to make the titans like the, the premier team that's like i'm 100 so excited about this uh, uh, I love legacy characters. I always love when legacy characters get a bump. Uh, it's why I was initially excited for Fire G because, like, I because the idea was like, oh, like everyone, everyone's gone, and like these are all brand new people. I'm like, wow, like status quo changing. It like seems real. Uh, and then that, no, 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 that shit got fired. Um, so like, I'm all about this. This will last probably you know six months to a year, uh, and then they'll they'll the Justice League will get relaunched with a number one or something. Or is there a Justice League book happening? Is it on pause? No, there's no Justice League book uh, currently planned or that we know of uh, yeah. or going. Okay, so I this I I assume this will operate like a new Avengers. Well, this will be the Avengers book for a long for a long time until the real Avengers book relaunches. Yeah, uh, the Justice League book relaunches, um, which is still again fine. Like 
I think this is incredible. Having Nightwing, I might read. I don't know if it's Dawn of like because I'm pretty behind on DC like big stuff, but like whether it's like the Dawn of DC or Dark Crisis, whatever it is, where like Nightwing's like the center of it, and like Nightwing's like the dude. So that's Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth. This okay. is Dawn of DC. So there's like a big a major Dawn of DC thing happening this year where like every month there's a different title that's gonna be the about like this what this new DC universe looks like. Okay. I oh yeah. Again, this this will probably last a year or less, but like having Dick Grayson basically be your Batman. Like have him be like your big your your main dude is is truly exciting. Uh, I love 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 Dick Grayson, love Nightwing. Uh, I'm glad they're not like turning him into Batman or something weird. It's like having it be Titans, uh, having it just be the Titans is really cool. Uh, uh, and Nicola Scott Scott is an incredible artist. Like this is such a great team. Uh, and Tom Taylor, he's always solid. So like I'm 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 true. I'm very excited to jump on this. Yeah. Green Lantern is getting a new book. Um, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, specifically. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy Adams and Zermanico. Zerman- uh, yeah, that's a good team. He's a Justice League Dark guy. Yeah, he's also the guy who's writing who draw Flashpoint Beyond. Jeremy Adams was writing Flashpoint Beyond with Jeff Johns. Oh, this is this is really funny because like I don't know them from Flashpoint Beyond. I know them from other things, but like they yeah. were this this announcement was marketed as the Flashpoint Beyond team. And I was that's like, that's a, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess it's not wrong. <laughs> right. You're technically not wrong, but I don't like it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't say it. Uh, so Jeremy, Jeremy Adamson's Zermonico will be, will be uh, doing a new Green Lantern Hal Jordan series. This is what the synopsis says. It's, it's quick. So I'll just read this one. Mm-hmm. Go for the, it. Gar- the Guardians of Oa at the heart of the Green Lantern Corps have quarantined Sector 2814, home of the planet Earth and its champion along with it. A heartbreaking defeat has sent Hal reeling, returning home to rediscover his roots and find the man responsible for ruining his life, Sinestro. At least if he's willing to hotwire a power ring to do it. Mm, okay. um, this will also feature a backup story featuring Jon Stewart um, that will be a series of, uh, which will be a prelude to a Jon Stewart ongoing series coming from Philip Kennedy Johnson, uh, with art by Osvaldo Monta- Montos, um, they'll do a a John Stewart Green Lantern book down the line. That's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, and Philip Kennedy Johnson, he is like, he's like a military guy. So like mm-hmm. him actually writing John Stewart, like that actually like to help actually give some like like uh, uh, what's the word the uh, legitimacy to like like writing military stuff like that. Dude, that's what we're talking about. So like that could be cool. Yeah. Um, hopefully he doesn't forget that John Stewart is also an architect, <laughs> and I really yeah. want. I really want that part of John Stewart's personality to be more prevalent. Than that's actually, you know, that's a very good point. Maybe don't also don't get, you know, maybe do we, do we need him to write all the books? I mean, to me, like, I understand. I know that like that's like the, a big thing in John Stewart's life um, is that he yeah. was in the military. But, but like, to me, forgetting that John Stewart was an architect is like forgetting that Kyle Rayner was an artist. Oh, God, that's like his thing. Yeah, you right. can't forget that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then Cyborg is getting a new ongoing series uh, from Morgan Hampton. Uh, written by Tom Rainey. Morgan Hampton is a is from the Milestone Initiative Talent Development Program. So he's a new, she's a new writer. They're a new writer. Yeah. Um. So a fairly new writer. That's awesome. I love I love giving people a chance. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you seen the artwork for this one? This looks really cool. No. Yes, I did. I like the redesign. Was real quick, real quick. Did they release like Green Lantern art? Was there a Sinestro in like a trench coat? Is that from that? Mm, I think so. Yeah. 
Okay, because that that look, did look pretty cool. I'm like, why are you why are you looking like 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 a burglar? What are you doing? So yeah, the the cyborg one was really interesting because it's like, hey, you know what? You want to give someone who doesn't need a jacket a jacket? I'm into it. Um, it's like you know, it's like cyborg's redesign, but then he's also wearing a jacket. And I'm like, yeah, all right, do it, do it. It's like putting a cloak on a robot. Let's see. Um, uh, this is this was kind of a long synopsis, so I don't really feel like reading it. Um, cloak on but a robot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But basically, uh, Victor Stone's going back to Detroit, going going to his roots, and uh, you know, being cyborg and being Victor. Good for him. Uh, uh, these real are real quick. I just yes. I just wanted to check it on on the timeline. What exactly the Justice League thing was? It's that they they let out a key art for a timeline of the year, mm -hmm. um, and it had like the right side, which is like the la the latter half of the year, kind of blacked out but people took uh it the image and put it in brightness and contrast and you can see clearly oh. the return of the justice league title <laughs> of course, of course. is in the black um so artists have to be better about those kinds of things yeah you're like just don't put the text in there <laughs> yeah yeah once yeah. it's have, black just leave it black yeah i have a theory that uh that um marketing people don't are, haven't quite got gotten used to the fact that we can now screenshot yeah. um because like you hear it you hear it a lot of like you know, trailers weren't meant to be screenshotted. Okay, but they will be now. So, yeah. what's your excuse now? Yeah, just gonna have to have a deal. Anyway, these yeah, are all sorry, out I just wanted to. I wanted to find the source on that, and that's what it is. So that's, that's why cool. people are like, "Yeah, but the J Justice League is going to be back immediately." And this it's not year. even going to be a full year. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. Hey, oh. I'll take six months of a Titan bleeding the Justice League. I'll I'll take it. Yeah, uh, all out in May, as I said. Um, unless, unless it's a uh trick right and instead of like the return of the justice league means the return of the moniker mm -hmm. not the return of the original team mm. well i mean i assume it'll be a new team but it'll be no no no. i mean the titans become label themselves do you the think justice they would league. do you think dc would be that bold i mean because, I, I, i'm just saying oh, I, want I just want to live oh. I, i'm just i'm just homie that's my that's my dream I'm, to just, infinity. I'm just speculating on a possibility that they'll have a title that, would be, that goes out there that's like oh Return of the Justice League, but it's really Return of the Title Justice League. That would be so it's incredible. The, it's the team. Actually, here's yeah. here's the here's a quick thing about the synopsis for the Titans one. Just one 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 uh, sentence. Each member joined as a much younger hero, certain that one day they'd be invited to join the Justice League. Now they're not just joining the league; they're replacing it. Mm, that's a good. Hey, he might be on something. Listen. That also cannot last forever, too, right? The, the, the original Justice League could come back after a year of that. But, like, that's actually a really cool idea. That is a, like, Superman realizes, like, hey, I don't need to be part of Justice League to save the world. I can just be Superman and go to my new number one or whatever. Yeah, or you could have, like, maybe a couple of the original members now with the Titans and, and reform and call it the Justice League. But the Titans Oh, my God, leave. Batman and Nightwing on a team together? Well, probably oh. not Batman. I was going to say, like, you probably leave out the big three uh, if you want it to feel fresh. I once again asked, do you think DC would be so bold? <laughs> No, but I'm saying like, what if? Here's what you no, do. Here's what you do. You relaunch Trinity. Yeah. You relaunch actually, Trinity, and you don't bring you don't put them on the Justice League. That's actually that's actually a great idea. Yeah. Just, you make, only, just you, make it fun you, like one-off adventure. You only call yeah. in those heavy hitters if you really really need them. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I need help. <laughs> well, John Kent's not on the Justice League. Not on the not on the the Titans. Sorry. Right, I, and I, so yeah. like, he, what if he's? But what if he's part of Return of the Justice League? But it's, again, uh, it's keeping the Titans, need, and then yeah. John Kent's on that team. They need a Superman. Maybe right? you get a Green Lantern. Because if they're gonna do Justice League odds, they still need like a Superman level character. Or, what if the Justice League is finally paying off Joshua Williams' future state two-parter for Justice League, which was excellent. 
right has so an excellent team this league yeah yeah i mean like you yeah. know is that like Yara so i'm saying so i'm saying like maybe 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 there is well, a better plan than just to both. put the league as it was back at the end of the year but now you yeah. said the titans become the justice league and now i'm not gonna get that maybe and it makes me sad because that's an awesome well idea. maybe maybe in doing that not all of the titans make the shift maybe some of them decide that they can't really hack yeah. it in that kind of environment i just want nightwing that though give him an upgrade give him a big boy upgrade how many times has the justice league book led with the line someday nightwing you're gonna you're gonna lead the justice league one day it's been years uh real quickly apparently target has a line of funko pops that are designed to be the grant morrison justice league team and i just think that's really cool uh that funko is huge nerds <laughs> oh yeah tower of Babel. because uh that team rules uh I, lo- I love grant morrison's justice league rock of ages all right did you guys ever watch barbarian the movie yeah yeah he did it was on my top 10 my guy just I wanted to be not. sure just oh, wanted yeah. to double check oh, this is great news so weapons is a new movie coming from zach krager uh directed barbarian um uh, it's gonna be a new horror film for new line uh which is described as a multi and interrelated story uh story horror epic that tonally is in the vein of magnolia that's that's very that's a very bold thing to say because magnolia is a very type of movie so like i believe i believe he can do it barbarian barbarian is great it's a it is a incredible not his it's not his debut movie uh, that would be, I think, Miss March, which is which is a movie that exists. Um, but it Barbarian has, hasn't aged well. Well, he might have co-directed that, but like this, the Barbarian was like his first like co- uh, single directed thing, right? right. But but still, like, uh, I guess I guess you can you can go super big uh, with like multi stories and stuff. But like Barbarian, well, Barbarian um, that has multiple stories. What am I talking about? I'm excited this is happening. I just it's too early to speculate really. Anyway, I'm yeah. happy it's happening. Uh, Willem Dafoe is in talks to star alongside Lily Rose Depp, Bill, Bill Skarsgård, and Nicholas Holt in Nosferatu. Like. The director, the director of North North Northman. Yeah, Robert Eggers. Eggers, thank you. Um, happening already. This was the second. This would be the second film titled Nosferatu that Willem Dafoe is in. <laughs> Isn't he in that last one? You told us about the Nosferatu movie starring Willem Dafoe, where someone oh, yeah. plays Interview a real kind of warlock. Yeah, it's called Interview with a Vampire, not Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Let me look this one up. There's another Nosferatu film. Hold on, let me double check this. Okay. Not Interview with a Vampire. That's no, not Interview with the Vampire. Shadows of the Vampire. No, yeah, it's Shadows, Shadows of the Vampire. vampire. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Shadows of the Vampire. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you said Interview with the Vampire. That no, I threw me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thunderbolts. Uh, Io Edabiri, who was in The Bear, uh, has been cast in a secret role. She's so good. She, I, I, she might have been nominated for a, an, an Emmy. I, I, those are out. I don't know if she has. I know uh, my man Jeremy did for The Bear, the lead actor. Um, there's rumors that Ghost is no longer in this movie, which is really concerning mm. to me, considering she's the only person with actual cool powers in that movie. Um, and she's from Ant-Man. I'd be really sad if they drop Ghost. Yeah, and I don't know, like, whether it's a script reason, an actor reason, like, whatever it is, I really hope it's not true. And this isn't, like, a quick replacement. Like, oh, we need to get someone in. Let's get someone else. Uh, I'm very glad this person is in the Thunderbolts, but I hope it's not, like, a patch job replacement where it's just, like, let's just get a random other character. I hope it's, like, oh, we needed we needed an integral actor and we finally got him. Because uh, she is excellent. Um, 
I, I hope that ghost news is not true. Because <laughs> if it's a team full of super soldiers, that's boring as shit. I agree. And then a sequel to Violent Night is in the works. So that's cool. We're getting the Krampus. Fight the Predator. The Krampus Predator. <laughs> I know it won't be the Predator, but it'd be cool if it's Krampus. Who looks like the Predator. Uh, TV news. Percy Jackson and the Olympians cast Lance Reddick as Zeus. Red did oh my god i, I know i'm really happy so I, okay I, be honest like i was like cool like i'm excited this show's happening now that lens reddick is is zeus i'm like okay now i'm i'm actually invested in this show. <laughs> I, that dude is good and like netflix again like they botched the job with the resident they were like yo you want to do something cool over here like thank you hell yeah uh toby stevens who is in lost in space has been cast as poseidon so. oh that dude's awesome he's also uh i believe was the lead in in the black sails the pirate show which is also mm. excellent um, that dude's awesome. It's Poseidon. He's a, a good guy, bad guy. I don't remember. He's Percy's dad. He's a good guy. Okay, okay. He plays both. I sides mean, very well. So. The gods are complicated. Yes. Uh, what Riordan does really well is it's it's honestly one of the reasons Riordan's so impressive is because he takes Greek mythology and says all of that's true. It's all and layered. and like Greek mythology is not necessarily meant for children, <laughs> especially if you're being honest about who Zeus is and who all of them are. Well, let's, let's talk about a goose real quick. And so it's and so it's that. And like, there's a whole, a whole like integral part of that the movies wouldn't have time to get into. So I expect the shows will um, about Percy and the other kids at Camp Half Blood is that a bunch of them are there and have one parent that that's the same and one parent that isn't. Oh yeah. And uh and how the gods handle those relationships. And so like. Poseidon is a person who started uh, reeling back on like having offspring pretty early on. So there, he doesn't have a lot of kids and he hasn't been with another person for a long time. So it makes Percy's like family situation a little more like, He's you, really, you really love my mom. You really love my mom, like actually. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, whereas Zeus has too many kids and uh, all kinds of stuff. So like, you're both like able to get this like child-friendly perspective, but it's also like, yeah, but also some of these guys really suck. I'm uh, super excited to see Lance Reddick be, be that slimy. Guy. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. God. Yeah. Sean Bean was the last Zeus. Percy Jackson. Yeah, and I mean, like, it worked for the movie, but you know, I don't there was really just like being Sean Bean. He, basically he's just well he's just being like i don't even remember the movie he's being like a prototype child-friendly version of zeus and i don't think that's what you're gonna get here i think you're gonna get something more book accurate where zeus is kind of like flipping love it oh i should have put this one first actually anyway justin roiland yeah uh you know that's going on uh awful awful person justin roiland uh adult swim was the first to say they cut ties with him completely they put out a statement we cut ties with justin roiland but rick and morty will continue um to at least season 10 uh they're working on season seven right now and season 10 is gonna gonna go because those contracts already existed yeah yes yeah uh, dan Harmon will be the sole creator of rick and morty now no longer co-creator sole creator <laughs> and the voice of rick and morty plus the half a dozen other characters he played, uh, Justin Roiland played, will be recast. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he also was let go uh, from Squanch Games, uh, the, the the video game company he he helped find, which of course makes sense because um, they literally just had a game come out called High on Life, which this has not been good for that marketing department, unfortunately. No, no. Let, let um, me fin I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish this then because you brought that one up because Hulu the next day cut ties with Justin Roiland as well because he was the co-creator of Solar Opposites uh, with Mike McMahon. And another show. I believe it was Koala Man. Koala yeah. Man, yeah. Which I yeah. just saw the trailer for like last week or something. Hugh Jackman's in that. Oh, um, not anymore. 
<laughs> anyway, solar opposites will continue. As they were pretty clear on that one, the solar opposites would continue. Qualaman but... will probably be a one and done. Yeah, because it yeah. was just coming out. Yeah. Um, I fully support this decision. Yes. Because, like Justin Roiland, Roiland, shitty. But the correct answer was not destroy all of the show and take all these people who had contracts and jobs for the next like four to five years take away their jobs because of him yeah. um so i think this was entirely the right decision to let everyone else keep their jobs and do what they were doing and create their art um it will be steep and different and noticeable to not have him uh as rick and morty but i think we can all overcome it and yeah i'm glad that it's the decision they made because it, it's the right one yeah yeah, and we still Dan Harmon is still there, and he, you know, he is half half of that pickle. But like, it, uh, he is like he is a writer. Like, they, like you, you guys can know community. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you, that, that's yeah. Like, it'll be fine on the writing side. Yeah, uh, the voice side. Like, I personally, I don't think this is going to happen. I hope they do a drastically different voice. I hope they don't just get someone who sounds exactly like them. But I know that would mess with like merchandise and the like the Fortnite voices. Like that would have they would have to change literally every voice that's ever been manufactured. And I know they're not gonna do that. So they're gonna find some voice alike, uh, which which is fine. But I personally would be like, you need to get away from him. And like, so we don't, people don't think about, oh, you're just doing the, the, the same voice. Uh, well, but like the general audience, the general audience wouldn't be, if they did a voice alike, it's not like the general audience would really care because they're not ingrained in something like this. Um, they, they, they wouldn't know what's actually happening behind the scenes unless they're, I'm talking like the non-Twitter crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I got, I'm, I got, I got two things I want to say on that one. Ryan, if you were done, I interrupted um, you. No, I just, I think. I think this news story, this isn't like, oh, this guy might be a sex pest. Like, like oh, he, he flirts with girls too much. Like, this dude, like, did real crimes and is going to jail, probably. So, like, mm -hmm. I think Rick and Morty fans know this is happening. Specifically, at least Rick and Morty fans. Like, like, uh, like uh, that it's on the news, like, regular news. It's on, so, like, my, like, my mom knows about this, probably. Uh, but, like, the show still, yeah, the show still got to exist, and there's... 150 more episodes i gotta make whatever and like those people need jobs so mm -hmm. so i when this when the news first broke about justin roiland i had a very similar mindset as i did to quentin tarantino when uh things were coming out with harvey weinstein i don't i don't understand personally i don't understand why quentin tarantino got off scot-free on that because I, i'm he was very close to harvey weinstein like how did he not know what was going on sure. um i'm not saying that quentin did anything wrong i'm just saying that like you know what did he know? Why didn't anybody ever ask? What did he know? Sure. And so when all this thing was going on with Justin Roiland, I was kind of concerned about Mike McMahon and Dan Harmon because I was like, what did they know? What were they trying to keep secret to keep these shows going? Then it came out and perhaps this was fluff from the, from the producers or, but uh, pretty reputable sources were saying that Justin Roiland was actually phased out of both these shows very early on. Yeah. He only did voices, voices and yeah. only did the voices. It was not writing these shows after a while um and and was like recording his voices in, in his basement because nobody wanted him in the studio mm -hmm. so that was really interesting to hear and I'm, I'm i'm frankly glad to hear about that because that means that like even before this was coming out the people who were working with him didn't want to work with him anymore yeah right yeah and so like i can only see this as a, as a win i do think a voice alike is probably the way to go because yeah. i'll be frank he's not that good of a voice actor he has like two voices rick and morty and then everything else is just a variation on them and like i like them it worked for the show that it was that i was watching i'm not it's I don't one of the most to... popular shows of all time so like it's it's it, it's it's he might not be good at many things but the thing the two he are are like worldwide 
And the thing is, like, you know, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that, like, he he had very good comedic timing. He had those two voices down, and that's really all he needed to do. And the shows are very popular. But the uh, but having someone come in and doing that isn't going to be hard. No, it's true. There are plenty of people who can do a Rick and Morty impression. Yeah, it's true. I just hope whatever random guy they get, they pay just as much as they were paying Justin Roiland. That's Mm -hmm. true. That's true. Yeah. Because they are, if they are going to get just some random sound alike, who's like, who's the best guy on TikTok? Like that dude better be making Rick and Morty money then. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of talented voice actors that already exist in the industry who would be able to earn their salt. Like, not that, not that our friend Christopher Swindle would be the person to uh, do Rick and Morty necessarily. I don't know, Um, but like we do know that like he does, you know, like John Goodman voice alikes and everything. And like you, you, if you're paying attention, you can tell that he's doing his own thing with it as well. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure there are others in the industry who, like, I don't think it'll be like just some guy who can do a good impression on TikTok kind of thing. they but did my, a journey. Point, my point being, like, it, it'll it'll probably be someone who's who's earned their worth in the industry before yeah. and will get compensated appropriately because they know what they're worth within the industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, actually, it'd be really great to talk to Swindle about this at some point. Um, we, he, he's been wanting to come back on for a discussion about his projects. Um, I agree. But I I think this I think this was just so much the right way to handle it, and it's also so refreshing to see consequences and not consequences that like had to be forced on anyone these were choices Mm -hmm. um you know like he he probably will go to jail but he's not going to jail yet yeah so they didn't have to make this call they they also could have made the simpler call especially with solar opposites uh to can all those workers too and what they were doing and they decided no because that is his show right and they decided no um, we're going to make sure that all those people can still work out at least this next season yeah. um, and to have their jobs because one shitty man shouldn't ruin it for everybody. That's true. Yeah, I always kind of wondered why Mike McMahon didn't bring, because he co-created Solar Opposites with uh, Justin Roiland, uh, Mike McMahon, and he is the sole creator of Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks. And I was, after a while, I was kind of wondering, like, why hasn't Justin Roiland done a voice on Lower Decks? Mm. This could be why. He doesn't want to change it. <laughs> Mike yeah. McMahon, Mike McMahon wasn't happy working with Royland after a while and just yeah. didn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is, this is the right move. Yeah. And I, I suspect uh, we were talking about this recently because we were talking about multiverses on our recent uh, pause menu quarterly um, that's coming out and uh, Rick and Morty are both voices in there voiced by Roland. I, Royland, I think the moment that they find whoever's going to, be that that might actually be the first place we hear it because yeah. it'll probably they'll probably change it there before the new season will release they'll patch it in, and yeah, so yeah. you'll hear the new voice for rick and morty there that's a good point now here now my i'm curious if we'll hear him in season seven because i assume he's recorded most if not all or will they just or will they just re-record they'll re-record it. they'll re-record they will it. not release an episode with him in it at, from, i, from, I from think they'll, on. Yeah, i think yeah. they'll re-record it yeah absolutely that would be the right move i just i just wasn't sure yeah. I, I don't suspect you hear any new recordings from Royland, even if they were recorded beforehand. I don't think you hear anything released now uh, that was him. Yeah. All right. DC on DC front, Doom Patrol and Titans are announced to be ending after their fourth season, both of which have been written that way. They knew they were coming to an end prior. Uh, they had definitive endings to their seasons. That's great. And e- even if even if uh, it wasn't their end, like four, like four is, four is a good amount of seasons, you know? 
so we we didn't think Doom Patrol was going to make it past. I didn't two, think. So. Yeah, I didn't think that show was going to last. Uh, yeah, uh, even uh, yeah, season two. So like that's that's incredible. You know, Titans. It is what it is. It has its fans. You know? Here's the thing. Both shows, I'm surprised, got four seasons for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Titans, man, Titans, like people watch that show. Uh, it's not us, but like there are plenty. I see it. I see it on. Hey, we put we put good work into it. We did we two. Tried. We did what? Two seasons? We did we did two seasons and two episodes, and we were like, I'm calling it. Yeah, that's good enough. Time of death. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Season three, episode two. Wait, is that true, or did we make it all the way to the beginning of season four? Now I have to look it up. No, we only watched like one or two episodes of that season, and then we were like, we were done. I can't imagine. The finale ended with like, I have to double check. The finale ended with like a character death. That was then... the thing. Was um <laughs> the Titans whatever season it was, but the Titans finale that we were at was like yikes. spoilers for like a, a, a now dead show. Like Donna Troy gets like gets a. Uh, uh, Hit by an electrical pole and gets like electrocuted. The the Wonder Woman character gets killed by electricity just by an, a, a telephone pole. Yeah, we we started <laughs> season three and then backed out. Yeah, uh, that's fine. That's fine. I got hey, I got some good Batman. Uh, uh, Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones is in there as, ba- as Bruce Wayne. He's 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 really menacing, like shitty Batman. Titans Titan season four is still airing. Okay. Um, hey, Jason Todd. People seem to really like that guy, that actor. Got remember how they just like took Beast Boy and Raven and put them to the side for the entirety of season two. Bro. Because they yeah. knew they were the least interesting performances and least interesting characters. No offense to those actors. No, that actor, uh, 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 the actor playing Beast Boy knew it. Like knew he, it, yeah. He, on Instagram, he would post like like very blatantly like, yeah, they're not doing anything with my character. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> sorry, bro. Uh, um, Doom Patrol's Doom Patrol's fourth season is also still airing, so um, we'll see those last episodes. And that'll be a nice out. like actual ending, and then when we catch up, like it won't feel like it got cut off like right you did that you did the good job doom patrol good job uh someone wisely pointed out that that makes harley quinn the uh, only surviving dc universe show uh-huh from that old app swamp thing in my dreams <laughs> swamp thing in the parallel universe is still going for seven seasons oh my god swamp thing right now is like on season four and like they're dealing with like the parliament and like the metal people and like he's got like a whole crew of swamp men in my dreams <laughs> dreams remember, are our doorway to an we're universe. talking about remember when all three of these shows that we're talking about showed up for a split second in crisis yeah <laughs> on the cw yeah <laughs> there's gonna be in like five years someone's gonna watch that cw crossover and be like who are any of these people <laughs> <laughs> yeah titans titans especially because like swamp thing i think you can kind of get like not that you, you won't know, know who that is. you won't know who it is but you'll be like sure and then you'll see doom patrol and you'll be like Weird guys, robot man. Sure, you get that they're like cameoing a yeah. bunch of stuff, and then you'll see like the guy from Titans gonna be like, you'll see, <laughs> yeah, Hawk, you'll see Hawk. Dove or Hawk and Dove, like, okay, it's Hawk, it's Hawk oh, and yeah. Jason Todd. Oh yeah, with like a red filter on him. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's a, a different episode. Yeah, they 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 do like Birds of Prey, and then Batman, then Doom Patrol, and they do them all. Um, uh, well, if we're gonna do a fake news watch on Doom Patrol, we better do it soon. Oh, I mean, we could do it whenever we want. True. Then let's do it. Season season wrap up discussions. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's do it. So stay stay tuned for those in the near future. Maybe it is sad that Doom Patrol's ending, but I'm grateful that there were four seasons. Yeah, yeah. best live action version of Cyborg that we've had. Oh my god! Sorry, yeah. Ray Fisher. No, but it's true. Oh, uh, I I forget the actor's name, but he put out like a beautiful uh, Instagram piece of like like a two page like how much it meant and like how much this did for my career and how much fun I had. And I'm like, man, he's so good. I think Doom Patrol is going to be one of those ones that, like, a few years are going to go by, and then a lot of people will have watched the show and be like, dang, this show was good. Why weren't more people talking about this show? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. 
We're effing coming. We're Superman, coming, man. Superman and Lois has cast Lex Luthor. God, I can't believe that show's still going. We need to catch up. We're so, we're, I say that as like just forty I'm, shows. I'm less motivated, which doesn't make sense because I, I'm to my to my knowledge, it's still, it's still a quality show. Yeah, people still. But like I'm it. less motivated at the moment, knowing it's not connected to the Arrowverse. I'm like, mm. yeah, it could just be its only own, because its only own because thing. the way that played out was so stupid. No, I agree, but I guess it'll be its own thing. Um, well, anyway, Superman and Lois has cast Michael Cudlitz as Lex Luthor for season three. I don't know who that is. So here's the thing: like John Cryer's right there. Right. I understand, like, not being connected to the Arrowverse anymore, but Diggle's still Diggle. Uh, I don't understand how you no. don't have the frankly incredible performance from John Cryer come back as Lex Luthor in the show. We never, we never it's got the scene from The Walking Dead, or is that his name, Eugene? Yeah. yeah. Or uh... not Eugene? Yes. It's, it's, we, we never really got to see a uh, Tyler Hoechlin, uh John Cryer t- uh, t- face off. Like not got, really. Yeah, you kind of got moments. I mean, like there wasn't an episode dedicated to it, but like they 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 had their banter's uh one of the things, but that's what I'm talking about. We never got episodes dedicated to it and we never really got to see him as a Superman villain. And what is what would be really cool is to and what was really exciting about Superman and Lois is that one of the reasons why I was excited was like, "Oh, I can see John Cryer really go up against Tyler Hoechlin." Yeah, I'll tell I mean, you what. You're you're correct because I I also felt that way that I'm like John Cryer will surely show up at some point yeah. in the Superman and Lois show. I'll tell you what. To be devil's advocate, that is a bummer. Uh, I think this guy is gonna do re- a really good job. I think he. I've only seen. I only remember from The Walking Dead, but I think he's really good on The Walking Dead. And I'm imagining him with like the bald head and like and he can keep the goatee even if he wants. I'm like that dude is menacing. Like I think I think. I don't hate this casting. For he's a re- for he's a really good actor. Yeah, I do admit that. Like yeah. I've seen him in a lot of things. He's a good actor. Don't know uh, if he's the right choice for Lex Luthor. I do think it's a little weird to make that choice with John Cryer right there. I didn't. Uh, hey, at first but, I didn't think John yeah. Cryer would be good. I no, mean, none of us did. But then he was incredible, which is all the more reason why it's like. No, I I agree. All right. At least we're getting the Lex Luthor in our Superman show. That's true. Um, that's probably ending after this third season. <laughs> no, don't say it. I mean. The writing's on the writing's on the wall at this point. If it, it it feels like uh James Gunn is not James Gunn. I know a lot of these decisions the decision to cancel Doom Patrol and Titans I know was not his. Um but it does feel like there is a clean slate mentality coming to DC uh DC studios of like we just want we were starting over. I think it's gonna be I think they're gonna switch to prestige like like prestige shows like like, I don't pe- think like Peacemaker, uh the the the, the penguin show like think, those kind of shows i think superman and lois will end after this season i think the gotham Knights show will not get picked up for a second season yeah uh and then mm-hmm. i think you won't see any more dc superheroes on the cw i mean they're trying did, did, didn't, didn't they get sold did that already happen or is it or not yeah, yet they, yes. they got sold okay so like um, yeah that yeah this is like the deathbed of, of the cw verse for sure yeah yeah, yeah. uh grayson live in the chat hello sir uh john crier was surprisingly good as lex agreed <laughs> I originally had my doubts that Ducky would hold his own, but I liked it. Interestingly enough, I only ever recognized James Cryer, uh, John Cryer, um, uh, because of his role in Two and a Half Men. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's fair. It's like his probably most famous role. It's the thing that earned him a lot of money. He did it for 12 yeah, years. Yeah. Tiger blood. Uh, the Last of Us has been renewed for season two. Shocking. Shocking no one. The highest, the highest viewed thing on HBO is getting a second season. Shocking. 
Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was in the news. Uh, she has renewed her overall deal with Amazon, which is really cool. Good for her. Um, her next series is going to be a show called Sign Here, uh, which follows a man who works a mundane job in the deals department on the fifth floor of hell. Did she have a show that just came out? Isn't she Fleabag? Fleabag? Amazon? Yeah, that was a while ago. I was saying, does she have a recent show? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Maybe it took a while because the last deal. I heard about a show she was working on was the Mr. and Mrs. Smith one that she left with Donald yeah. Glover. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Which at this point, also, it sounds like Donald Glover's moving on to other projects. I don't know if that show, yeah, the Hypno Hustler. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I only bring that up because, like, I think Phoebe Waller Bridge is a fantastic writer. Her episodes of Killing Eve are my favorite episodes of Killing Eve. Um, let alone Fleabag is an incredible show. Um, she's also a great actor. Can't yeah. wait to see her in Dial of Destiny. She uh, she maybe made that James Bond movie better than it was because she helped write. She helped rewrite. That's that right. Movie. That's yep. right. True. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she did. So she. So Fleabag was the last show. Was show she created because then she worked on No Time to Die. Okay. That's just the James sense. Bond. Okay. So we haven't seen a new show from her. No. Okay. Got it. That's all I wanted to know. Um, Until sign here. Yeah. Well, it, I I hope it's. I, I have no reason to doubt it'll be good because she's very talented. She's, so. Yeah, she's wonderful. I miss her as a writer because I think she's a great performer, but she's an even, I think she's an even better writer. I think she was a script doctor on Dial of Destiny. She's not credited as a writer on that show, on that movie, but Harrison Ford said that, said that something that made, let me believe that she was uh, at least a script doctor on the, on the movie. It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, Oh, that movie! That movie has all the elements of being a good movie. It's written by the guys who wrote Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just found it's that real, out. It's, it's a real shame that um, that Mr. Miss Mrs. Smith show with her and Don Glover didn't work out because they have such good chemistry together. That that I I love that premise so much. Um, Waller Bridge. I'm not done with Waller Bridge because she will be developing a new Tomb Raider TV series for Sounds Amazon. Like That's not happening. Uh, Amazon will develop a new Tomb Raider TV series uh, based on the games. Um, and not only that, outside of Phoebe Waller-Bridge developing the show, which she is doing, um, Amazon will also develop a new film and game, which will be which will uh, have the goal to be an interconnected universe like the MCU. Haven't we heard this part before, except not the Waller-Bridge Wait, what? That they're building an interconnected Tomb Raider thing? Hold on. Amazon is going to make a Tomb Raider game? But mm. like we know that that they're working on a that the Square's working on a Tomb Raider game right now. Oh, that's so weird. Ew, ew. Am spoiler alert: Amazon's game record of them making games piss poor. So uh, unless there's something new that's recently come out, um, interesting. Interconnected. Okay. The only that's thing, fun. the only thing that interests me is the Phoebe Waller Bridge series. If that happens, uh, I think it could be really cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously if it is still happening i'm still excited for the Haley atwell animated show coming to netflix um sure which is, is which i'm sure it is still happening um i'm sure it's like oh, that and, was that was the thing because that show is supposed to like connect it's, to both the square no, games and the original games no it was going to be a sequel to the survivor trilogy but then there was a rumor that there was a new game coming from crystal um that will be a bridge between the survivor trilogy and the original games and Avengers has not been really worked on for like seven years, so they got to be doing something over there. Yeah, that was also the rumor when Avengers was shut down that they were that the whole team was being moved to work on Tomb Raider. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, there could be two different Tomb Raider games. It just 
that's so weird. It's it's a it's a weird thing to like. Hey, you can use our property to to make your movie game. But how weird is it if, if all these things happen? And that's a big if. If all these yeah. things happen, we're in for a lot of Tomb Raider. Yeah, like multiple... none of them are a sequel to that movie we liked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, she's had that baby, Alicia Vikander. Can't she come back? Has enough time passed? Come back. I think I think the studio just gave up because it was supposed to be. Um, Coming Misha, not Misha Green. Um, Lovecraft Country's uh, showrunner was yeah, working yeah. on the film, and then they canned it. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. Oh, well, I I hope you know what. If I get two cool go- Tomb Raider shows, phone for Phoebe Waller Bridge, and one starring Haley Atwell, I'm happy. It's a shame that those can't be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, Critical Role has signed an exclusive multi-year TV and first look film deal with Amazon. Um, and their first project will be an animated Mighty Nine series. I so wish Ben were here uh, because uh, I watched the first episode of Critical Role, uh, 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 the, the Legend of Vox Machina. Thank you, Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, and I like, I, I was, it was really good. And I, I will catch up eventually. Uh, I, just, I like that second campaign uh, considerably more. I think the characters are more fun. I think the, the story in the world and like uh, the plot itself, like I, I'm just more drawn to that. So, so hearing that, I thought I thought they were gonna do like the entire season one campaign, uh, all in animated form. Like we, I thought we wouldn't get Mighty Nine for like five years, but they're doing simultaneous animated shows at once, and that just means, yo, that show is so successful, we can do multiple 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 at once, and that's just really exciting. Um, I love the Mighty Nine stuff because it's like very Lovecrafty, and there's like a lot of spooky cool stuff in that one. So like, it's really exciting. That animation is beautiful. Thumbs up. I'm just waiting for the D and Dark animated show at this point. Yeah, <laughs> catering to the to the live audience. I see. Yeah. All right, trailers. Going to the trailer park. The Strays. I watched this. Yeah, I watched um, this. Oh, oh, this is the British Get Out movie. Uh, yeah. So this is um, uh, it's being described as like a privileged. A black woman who is um, who has her life upended when two uh, black strangers move into the town. Um, don't know exactly what that's going to mean, but uh, it just seemed um, there's there's some 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 like bit of "Don't Worry, Darling" kind of vibe to it of like something about the way society is run here is different. See, I got I got get out feelings. Yeah, I I, yeah. I sense that as well. Yeah. Um, interesting that like you know the, the the part where she's looking out the window and she sees them but no one else does and uh, it, it just seems cool yeah absolutely uh harley quinn a very problematic valentine's day special it's for, real quick before we talk about this is there a season that we haven't watched yes yeah can't talk about this trailer i'm just kidding uh this made me realize oh yeah i love this show and i need to catch up yeah. because this is probably going to be you know like an hour long 30 minutes whatever like just a beautiful fun uh, uh, let's visit the friends and talk about love and everyone's banging and it's gross. I love mm-hmm. banging. This looks very acute. I I like the just the the premise at the end where the poison ivy climaxes so hard that everyone in the world starts boning. Love. Everyone in the city. And everyone in the city starts boning. I just thought Harley, that was really funny. Harley's like, you literally can't get mad at me for making you come that hard. She's like, <laughs> no, I guess I really can't. You're right. Yeah, that's really funny. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just, just like, Edric and the Demons making penis jokes to Bane. Bane's like, well, actually, I do want some penis enhancements. Like, it, this, um, it's a winner. 
The yeah. show's so good, yeah. I, I started season three with Megan, but we haven't finished it, so I need to go back and do that. Um, but I really like how much they're able to completely lean into not just the relationship between Harley and Ivy, but like being able to fully go for what they're saying they're going for. Like um, we we did the comic for the uh, Eat, Bang, Kill tour, yeah, yeah. Um, which was the direct lead into season three, and it, it really was. Um, and then uh, this being titled the very problematic Valentine's Day special, which I think is really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really good. Absolutely, yeah, love it. We have a ghost. Man. We do. Yeah, it's right behind you, actually. Oh no, <gasps> that's Jungi. <Jungie>. <laughs> uh, this looks awesome. Um, who do we? Who's the makers of this again? This it's um, um the creator of uh, the director of uh, Happy Birthday and Freaky. Freaky, Christ- yes, Christopher Freaky. Landon. Yeah, I, Christopher I definitely... Landon. Christopher Landon. Christopher Landon. Yes, I definitely, I definitely got that vibe from it. Um, this looks like a really good time. Like it's a, it's a ghost story, but like it's like a happy ghost, and it's just David Harbour just being dumb the whole movie. Like that looks like a good time. It's him just being a ghost who can't talk. How, how did he get murdered? Fun right. mystery. Like yeah. this looks like a perfect different direction for this for this director. I agree. Yeah, I, I thought this looked delightful. I love the the end of the end slowdown of him sliding across the car, just. Like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a looks like a, a a ghoul of a time. I love him freaking out Jennifer Coolidge by like just shaking his skin off his. Oh face. my god, yeah. Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> being like a like a TV lady. Yeah. Um, that. didn't she just win an Emmy? Yeah. Yeah, good for her. She's so good. Wow. Wow. The Boogeyman. This looks like a a a pretty standard horror movie. I've seen this trailer forty eight times, but it looks like a pretty good pretty good spooky movie. Like, based on based on Stephen King's book that Ben has read, he, uh, again we need Ben for this one. He's that yeah. God tell us all about it. This is the little girl. She's uh, she's like in. Isn't she the Ant Man? Not the Ant Man daughter. Isn't she? Mm. She's the, she's a the little girl in something we watched recently. It's a shame. Can't remember. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a. Oh, it's a boogeyman movie. Like, yeah. I think the thing is knowing that there's like a Stephen Kingness behind it. Of, yes. Of, I want this to be the thing that every kid has always been afraid of going back, like throughout history. Like this, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. this is the boogeyman. And like knowing that King has put that kind of context into it, ha- makes, me, makes me have more faith in it. I, I will say like, nothing about it was necessarily like, Ooh, made me like really, really scared or anything. Yes. But I do think like there's a place for a thoughtful boogeyman movie. What's up, Brandon? She's little Leia. She's little Leia. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. I knew I saw her in something recently. Uh, I okay. That I'll agree with. Like I didn't, I didn't get the Stephen Kinginess enough from this trailer being something based on Stephen King. It felt like more of a like generic. I don't mean that in a negative way. Just like you know, we got our jump scares. We got like here's some story, but like it, it felt like a traditional trailer, and I didn't really feel the Stephen King. So I'm sure watching the movie, it'll it'll play better. I do. I do really like um, the line from the polka dot man himself, uh, where he <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he says. Uh, it's the thing that gets you when, that gets your kids when parents aren't paying attention, and I was like, okay, it's two cool. DC legends. It's Polka Dot Man and it's Lucifer. Yeah, uh, so I'm 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 hopeful uh, yeah. that it's going to be good. Yeah, there's a there's a, a an image in this one that that I thought was very effective when we see the silhouette of the boogeyman in the house. Uh, and at the like it's going further and further into the darkness until you just see like the eyes. Yeah. There's just like the 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 beatingness of the eyes. And then when she opens the the, the refrigerator, there's nothing there. And like uh, it, it seemed to be like, oh, it was just the lights on the top just reflecting off of whatever. Um, very uh, evocative of just a nightmare imagery that I that I quite liked. 
Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, every horror movie has made illusions or jokes uh, or fake outs about the boogeyman or the concept of the the thing that's in your closet it's or the thing that gets under yeah. your bed, right? Um, but I think that, you know, I think there can be something valuable in wanting to mine the material of like the thing that every kid has been scared of for one point or another is like, what is that shadow? Is that shadow the thing that it's supposed to be or is that a shadow that's not supposed to be there kind of idea um and again like the fact that it's based off a stephen king story gives me a little more faith that like there's some meat there to actually chew on Mm -hmm. 65 and this movie looks so good i'll be honest i didn't like this trailer as much as the as, as, as the first one i like the look of the dinosaurs i okay i like dinosaurs are cool yeah dinosaurs look great uh, uh, this being a lone wolf and cub movie, uh, uh, I, it looks, I didn't, it, the first trailer had me more excited. Now I know what the entire movie is and I'm like, I'm not as excited, but I'm still pretty excited. I'm not as Jones as, oh, it's a new dinosaur movie. Now I know what it is. I'm like, cool. That's a new dinosaur movie. Cool. I'm cool. I'm excited to see it. This trailer didn't really show me anything, anything that I didn't already know from the first trailer. Um, but I like this one more. Uh, I like the pace of this trailer more. I like the I like seeing the the action uh, uh, quite a lot, um, and I really like the look of the dinosaurs. There's a really great shot that like really sold me when it's Adam Driver facing down um, not the T Rex, it's the long armed uh, two legged dinosaur. I, I don't know what 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 that what that is, um, and it's just like really close, and we like see the skin moving when it breathes and and the texture of the skin looked really good and i was and i i was kind of floored by that shot i thought it looked gorgeous i don't think it's going to be a very complex story but i i mm-hmm. i think it can be a very tense adventure oh sure yeah, yeah. and the thing that that makes me more excited is that adam driver is not somebody who does like a paycheck movie right every movie he does is is a movie he wants to do whether it's weird or or a drama or a star Wars movie like you know um so like i bet i bet this movie will be good um i'm excited i'm excited there is a new dinosaur movie coming out that isn't tied to a big franchise dungeons and Dr- hold on real quickly i really like the tagline of like the first world humans found was earth mm-hmm. or something like that i thought that was pretty clever humans discovered earth 65 million years ago yeah yeah mm-hmm. no, that was cool uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves I also thought this trailer wasn't as good as the first one. This felt more like a, more like a traditional lot, really quippy, quippy trailer. But I'm, I'm still convinced it's going to be great. If anything, this trailer convinced me more. There's going to be the human stuff because the fantasy stuff. Some of it seems pretty generic, especially the bad guys, like the big, the evil red witches. Like those are going to be generic red witches for sure. Uh, so like this sold me more on it's going to be a good movie with more stuff than we've seen yeah for for me like because of where the exactly like what the trailer starts with which is like uh you know she's doing her action beat and he's just trying to saw the ropes on the stairs i'm like that seems exactly like the kind of thing someone's sitting at a table and like what can you do and it's like i try to use the steps to saw the ropes off yeah okay you need to roll an 18 for that one my my guy and again if it's not that that's gonna be totally fine but this trailer this there trailer, were a lot of beats like that in this trailer yeah. where I was like, I can, I can feel the the people trying to make the dice rolls yeah. behind these decisions. This this trailer felt like again, like almost talk about like the same as the last trailer. It felt like a little more like a traditional like, here's your characters, here's oh, it's the bad guy, we need to do this thing, like here's some action, like and there's a quip at the end. I'm like, okay, like I, I think it still looks awesome. Uh, I'm again the the creative team behind it, jazz for it. I love the look of it. Uh, 
I'm so excited. I hope this does well just for Chris Pine because I want him <clears> to be in a big successful franchise that people want to see. He's in Star Trek, but like they're not making those movies anymore. Um, he so this trailer, I wasn't crazy about it the first time I watched it. I was like, I was with Ryan. I liked the first one more, but the second time I watched it, I got real jazz, and I I, I came to the conclusion that I like this one more. Cool. Look, I have I have. I, I, I hate my taste in movies as well, but like, I really like the dialogue. I really like the, the, the quippy dialogue that everyone makes fun of all the time. I love that shit. I eat it all up. I, I, th- I find it hilariously funny and I'm sorry. I wish I didn't, but like, I, I, I wish that's a good thing to enjoy things, but I'm, I'm so in love with it. And so like the whole, the whole trailer, I'm laughing. I love the look of it. I love the design of the creatures. I love the, the chunky dragon. It's just my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the, the cast all looks so charming and everyone, everyone is an actor that I just can't wait to see in the setting. Um, they replay the, the trailer from the, they replay the shot from the first trailer, which, which <clears throat> I still, still love, which is the Sophia Lillis going through the, like magicking through the floor and into another world. It's a beautiful shot. I can't wait. Shot. Oh yeah. Um, I love this trailer. I cannot wait for this. I, I, because I don't, I don't know exactly what got you on the quippy dialogue tangent, but I'll respond to it, which is that, um, I, I have no particular problem with the dialogue in this. I, I, I think it's charming in its own way um, and, and funny. And um, the thing is, like, I'm hoping it's the people at the table only because I think it makes this have a layer of, like, this is the people bickering. Like, the, specifically, I'm thinking of the part where um, Smith steps on the mechanism that triggers the bridge right after the guy says don't do that and yeah. then he does it and he's like i triggered the mechanism and like, i'm like that's people arguing at the table about decisions they make that makes sense to me for that kind of dialogue whereas if it's if it doesn't do that i still think the movie will be great i trust this team yeah um and i won't have a problem with that but i do think it enters more close to the territory that reminds me of the your highness movie where it was basically like it's a fantasy movie but it's also a stoner comedy so they all make jokes like our world yeah yeah just, yeah, yeah it's a fantasy setting so and that's I wanna, a whole bit yeah i want to rebut on that one specifically because first let me just fully admit i was bringing external twitter stuff um that i to to my to my my rant quote unquote um which i'll i'll i'll, I'll cop to but this trailer made me believe this this falls very much in the same line as willow for me I really like Willow because of how refreshing and familiar it is. It it feels totally very, very, very uh, dissimilar to fantasy, but also playing with a lot of the same tropes. And so I really liked Willow because of that, because it's not just people talking in old English. It's people talking American. It's people talking with modern dialogue. I like that. I thought it was really nice to, to, to kind of get that. Um, there are some people doing old English, but not everyone. But this felt very much in the same vein as that. And and so like, it felt very much like this is the kind of fantasy that I'm kind of hungering for right now. And maybe it's Mm -hmm. because Willow is over that I'm kind of looking for more of this wherever I can find it. But this was kind of the thing that this was the trailer where I was like, Oh, this, this could fill that void that I'm missing now that Willow is over. Yeah. I, I, I only make the comparison to your highness because again, I don't think it'll be a problem. I don't need the people at the table to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I trust this movie is going to be good and entertaining. Um, I just don't want, and I'm sure it won't be, but when I think of your highness, like that movie's one joke. And the joke is that they are in a fantasy world. That make, they make the comedy in spite of the fact that they are in a fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this to be that is the only distinction I would make in that. And I don't think yeah. it will be, 
but that's that that would be my only like kind of fear about anything about the quippy dialogue would be that um because i don't want the whole joke to be oh they talk like that but they're in a fantasy world um and like that's an excuse for everything else to be bland right yeah uh that's why i made the illusion of willow because i'm hoping it's not that sure but willow willow had a lot more going than just that like it willow was not relying only on that kind of dialogue yeah oh borman i love borman yeah yeah pretty much the best character in the show (laughs) yeah uh shazam fury of the gods this trailer was not as good as the first simply just like in in a style way like it's just showing a lot of the action stuff um i think it's cool to know because i'm kind of i'm kind of down with it that the kids all except for shazam have their powers taken away at least for a part of the film Mm -hmm. um because i didn't want this film to crumble under the weight of all of them uh trying to juggle all of them for the entirety of it yes um so that was my problem with that with that the end of the first movie and like so it's supposed to be all about Sam, and then you give it to a bunch of other kids. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think this one is really interesting in the sense that I liked kind of having I, I liked that aspect of it. And the the visual visuals, um I like some of I like the look of some of the monsters. I like I like some of the looks of uh of what we're seeing from the uh Helen Mirren and what's the other Lucy, Lucy Lou. Lou. Um I like what we're seeing there. Um but I do agree. This one was not as good as the first one. But also, I love, I've seen the first one so many times. I love the look of the creatures. I'm so glad that we're not getting the 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 worst part of the first Shazam. The gray the generic, the generic CGI designs. Like that there's so much diverse mythological character creatures on display here. Has me really excited. Um, I'm not really worried about the movie. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I just think this trailer is trying to go for the very general audience and not playing to the style of what the film actually is, which I feel like the first trailer was doing, knowing like what Shazam is and what this movie will be and playing to what that tone is. And this one's just not doing that. I have a theory about that specifically. Um, I think that the trailers, someone made the the comparison to the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer to the Shazam Fear of the Gods trailer, the most recent of both, um, saying that they're showing a lot of the plot I don't necessarily agree with that, especially when it comes to Ant-Man. Um, but I wonder if the reason why we're seeing such a such a we're seeing a trailer like this coming from Shazam is because that first movie didn't make a lot of money and it was really touch and go if it was going to get this sequel. And the sequel has a lot more money in it. And I wonder if they're trying to just kind of market the shit out of it so people will so they can make back their money. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I, I guess it's there because like if you like the first one and you had that that first trailer for this one like you already know the flavor what flavor you're going to get yeah so yeah. you can be happy with that and this is trying to grab the audience that is maybe on the fence yeah Could if be. only Zachary Levi could have kept his mouth shut for a couple more weeks god damn it that fucker yeah I I'll be honest I don't I, it's, I I don't know if I want to see this movie well we supported Black Panther Wakanda forever that's true. Mm-hmm. No, but she 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 apologized after. She she it, she rebuked after. No, it was way before that because she kept getting hounded by it. Uh, Levi literally said this yesterday that he's that he hates vaccinations. Literally yesterday. Well, so. Today actually, but yeah. Oh, it's even worse then. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for helping my argument. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, ever arguing uh, with you. No, I'm not. No, you're no <laughs> argument as in never mind. Uh, I Zachary Levi's a goofy man. Uh, and we'll see. If I see that movie, 
the only thing I wanted to say real quickly, Sparks. The only thing I wanted to say is that like the the I I I get I get that I 100% get that, but like you know what? It's fine. It Go is ahead, fine because I don't want to see a movie that I just don't have to. It's it's super not a big deal. I'll I'll just weigh in that like uh the the vaccine thing. He didn't say he was anti-vax. I know, I know. Uh, but like the there's a lot of Pfizer stuff that's been going around about sure. their their recent reports that have been out there, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's been circulating and that people have been reading. And he said he's anti-Pfizer, not necessarily anti-vaccines. It is an important distinction. Sure. I'm not saying that this means that that's not what he believes. I'm yeah. just saying that this is what he said, is that he's anti-Pfizer. And Zachary Levi has a notorious history that is not new of being very well-meaning and not necessarily reading everything he should. Sure. And uh, there's, there's entirely a possibility that uh, he is only looking at the, the Pfizer stuff and wanting to comment on that and not really weighing everything that there is to weigh about it. This isn't the first time that he stepped in it. He did it when he talked about Jordan Peterson on the Joe Rogan podcast experience as well, where he was being, you know, like uh, wanting to highlight one thing he likes about him and saying that like, yeah, but it's really shitty that he ruined like his good points by talking the way he did about being anti-trans and this kind of stuff. And again, I think Zachary Levi thinks that he this is this is he has such a long trajectory of kind of putting his foot in his mouth when he thinks he's making a point pretty clearly and and openly and trying to generate a discussion and he usually fucks it up and it's happened a ton of times with him so it's not necessarily a thing that this is not the the straw that broke the camel's back with me with zachary levi that that has thrown him under the bus because i think this is another situation where he's like meaning something that he's not entirely making uh, a good point of sure um he's also a republican so you know right i mean like that's there i'm yeah. not saying like he's a good person but it's yeah. not enough for me to be like i'm not going to see support this movie that has all these other people that worked on it kind of thing I this also, isn't me this no, isn't yeah. me highlighting what you said this is me yeah. just expressing how i feel about yeah, of it course. that uh uh i that's not enough to make me not support Sandberg and That's all the true. other people who put all the. I also the hard just might not want to see it. It um, also could be because I didn't like the trailer, which much. is totally fine. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say is, uh, shoot. No, get back to it. I'm sorry. Um, uh, with with the whole thing, nope. It's probably not there anymore. We'll see. Maybe no. it'll come back to me. Well, we're probably not going to review this one because it comes out the same week as 65, and we'll probably do that one instead. All right, so now we will be talking about Jung E. Unless Sparks can remember what the play he was trying yes, to make. Yes, I'm so sorry. I do remember. Um, I'm also like giving him a lot of slack right now. I'll admit because his dad died two days ago. So That's like, a so like, I I'm I'm fully embracing that like there's a possibility he waded into a conversation at a time he probably shouldn't have without getting all the information he should have. Sure, um, absolutely. So uh, he, I think he wrote about this this morning that his dad passed away a few days ago. And uh, feel for him. Um, I know how that is. Absolutely. That was the other thing I was going to mention. All right. So now we're going to be talking about Jung E, uh, the new Korean film. Shit, I forgot. I was going to look up. I got it right here. Directed by Young Sang Ho. Also written by Young Sang Ho. Thank you. Um, director of Train to Busan. Uh, so what do we and think about sequel, this? also Pyrokinesis, which is Korea's first superhero movie. Hmm. What do we think about this? I think I'm just going to, this is going to be a review that I, I don't normally do. I'm going to tell you my score right now 
I give this movie an 8 out of 10, but I feel about it a 10 out of 10. It's not a 10 out of 10 movie, but it has everything I want in a sci-fi movie in this movie. So uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's incredibly inventive. It uses its budget the best that it can because it definitely has a low budget. Um, it's just really inventive and fun. And like, it's a, I love a bad cyberpunk world. Uh, uh, it's also very Metal Gear. So like, I thought it was a, it was a good hour and a half. Like, it's a good, if this were like a one volume comic, it'd be like, cool, that's a great little, that's a great little nugget I had. Loved it. Sparks? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty much in the, the same camp as Ryan, where I would, I would rate it about, um, uh, what he said. Uh, it's not that we're doing the rating right now, but, uh, I, I think that there's, ideas here that i wish had more time to be fleshed out or mm -hmm. that um there was another either series or film that was gonna flesh out some of the stuff i think is really cool about Real this quick. like halfway through this movie i was like i really wish this were a series because they're throwing so much cool concepts at you they just they don't have time to to go into because it's a movie uh so like i yeah continue, sorry. Uh, and we'll get into it but it has like in my opinion one of the most horrifying like dystopian concepts that's been introduced in this kind of media exists in this film that I don't think I've approached before. And we talk about it in comparison to like cyberpunk and that kind of stuff. And I'll say it after you give your initial thoughts, Brandon, but um, I, I think there's a lot of cool, cool ideas here that not because they're the, the people working on it are not meeting the execution. It just doesn't have the time to meet the full execution. I think it deserves sure. for what the ideas are. Yeah, I really did enjoy this one. I'm not, I don't think I'm quite as hot on it as you guys are, but yeah, I I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I really liked the cast. Um, I thought they they delivered some great performances. Um, I'm really and I really enjoy a lot of the ideas that they're going with. But Sparks, I'm very curious what that point was you wanted to make. Yeah, so like we can look at things like Blade Runner or Cyberpunk, and um, for for kind of like similar comparisons. And I don't think any dystopian um, society that they've established at that point creates something as sinister and, and disgusting as the tier system for what happens to mm. you after you die. And um, when they initially introduce it, and I pause it to talk to, to talk to Ryan about it, because I'm like, hold on. If they, and they explain later that they didn't, that, that um, what they're doing is copying brain data and creating duplicates of you. It's not your original brain data. But when I initially thought what they were saying is that they could take your brain and just it, it externalize its life entirely, eternalize it as much as they wanted to, and you could have a really cushy one, or you could have a less human rights version, or you could have the no human rights version, and you just don't get to die. Because the whole thing is like when you look at Cyberpunk 2077, or you look at uh, Blade Runner, there is an amount of like the people who live with the absolute shit end of the stick their entire life. Usually in those stories, when we get to their death, they're kind of like, at least now I'll be free. Yeah. And the horror that I had in Jungi of like, no, you don't get that either, of like, Oh my God, you're just like, and so that, that part of that idea is revealed to us through a doctor who, when she's done having the conversation is pulled backwards. He's just an upper body and he's shut down. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's a type C. Yeah. He's a type C. Yeah. Like when, <laughs> he's when, nothing. when you die, you either have type A and it's like the cushiest thing you get put into a robot body. that looks human. You have all, you have basically unlimited human rights, you know, but it's expensive. Then you got the middle one. 
which isn't as good. And you have a limited human rights. And then you got the zero one. But which, you still have a you still have like an existence. You, you still have an existence. As a human. Yeah. You can't get married, but you get to exist. Right. Um, then you get the free one, which is like, we'll just put your we'll copy your brain and we'll put it into like a vending machine, or we'll turn it into a banker or a doctor, and you'll just be turned off until you need to be used. And that is horrifying on a level. And then again, it gets revealed later that it's a copy of your brain. But even then, it's still so bad. It's, 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 it's less horrifying, but still pretty it's horrifying. The, it's the worst version of the prestige, which is... Yeah. Like you're still creating a duplicate of yourself Yeah, that is going to live a life of you are just forever a cashier. And I'm like, maybe take no type, just die. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very, but very they don't. But they don't let you do that. Like you would have to escape or blow up your brain or something to not have that happen to you. Yeah, it's because it's, it's a and even then, moment. and even then, I don't know if that's true because it's one of those things I wish they explored more. They might just take an older copy of your brain data, like if they're doing constant updates on your brain data and they've just already started doing it. You might choose to off yourself, and they still might just create a Type C out of you, just a you from like three years before. Yeah. Uh, if you and, go to a doctor, I'm sure they brain scan you. Yeah, terrifying and yeah. just so messed up. And then like you get into the way that that's that's clearly going to be used because you've got like the daughter doing all this stuff with her mom, and then they're like, yeah, we're gonna turn her into a sex slave because you know she's a hero icon. Oh my so we're God. gonna make her into this sex bot. And I'm like, this is horrific. Yeah, so horrific. Yeah, um, it's it's a bad bad world that I'm like really excited to be in because like it's just like it's how how creative can we be in our in our cruelty um, through capitalism? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, the 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 titular Zheng Yi, who is like uh, who is like the Korea's greatest like greatest soldier. This is this is literally Metal Gear Solid, uh, where they clone they clone Snake to make the Lei Song Fong terrible as the terrible infants of the clones of Solid Snake. Uh, they want to clone Korea's greatest super soldier. Uh, and who's the one doing it? Her daughter. That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, uh what a great development. Super sad. I love it. So the idea is that they're tr this project's trying to bring back Jung Yi because they want her to finish the mission that she failed to finish 35 years ago. Essentially they want soldiers like her to finish the civil war that is happening between these space stations and earth. It's Earth's very, kind of in the middle. very Krokoa of like clones and brain transplants and like, like using like, like uh, uh, into a new body and stuff. Very Mr. Sinister. And the war stuff is very Gundam. Yeah. Uh, I was, and we're here for this one. Yeah. yeah. I I found it really interesting. I was really shocked when about halfway through the movie, they were like, yeah, the war's coming to an end anyway, so we're just going to restructure everything. And became very much like what happens post-military industrial complex, you know, because in a, in a, this is a, a, a scarce world where um, uh, they, they have very limited resources and the military industrial complex has just been focused on a 35-year civil war, making weapons for this war. And what is that going to look like afterwards when that war is finally done which it is they say is like it's winding down there's a peace treaty and we're gonna we're really gonna gonna make toasters now or whatever the, the um, chairman what a what a great guy love that guy yeah. him and his and his his clone clone son john john mulaney korean john mulaney. oh korean john mulaney yeah that that dude is such a character he what <laughs> i liked him from the moment when he does the the it's a joke like it just, he's just always making weird just noises. Awkwardly screaming yeah. at the man. Uh, it's and yeah, I, I like that character already. And then um, 
uh, they go into the thing where like if you're a human you have to take like blade runner you have to take these like these like uh what do they call them like ethics eth uh, like ethics tests to make sure you're human and this 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 uh the lab director who he is he's like did you wait last time you took an ethics test <laughs> and then he starts freaking out like a robot and then he realized oh the chairman that's him he made a version of himself to test this thing early uh before the Jung Yi program and it's like ah, oh, it's none of this. Which you get, I, none I of this shit get, works. You get a good nod too when um, he's got the confrontation with the other lady who like was working for the chairman, and she says too emotional, just like him. And he's like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and pretty much from that moment, I'm like, he's the chairman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, when the chairman he confirms it by going, it's it's a joke, a joke. And I'm like, yeah. I saying the same thing. Love I think it. I think it's disappointing. One of the disappointments to me of the film is that. He never like he finds out he's a robot, but he doesn't find out he's the chairman. That's true. Mm. He doesn't. Yeah. And I was like, that feels like something juicy that just wasn't. I that that reveal and then how he just like goes manic. Yeah, didn't totally work for me. It's so it's one of the low points of the film. I was like, I kind of didn't feel like he was supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, for yeah. the movie, and all of a sudden he was, and I was like, I, that was not where I thought we were going with this. It felt like they because he is also yeah. a victim of the system. They, they wanted. Yeah, they didn't know how to how to end that end that for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say about this movie, so I was um, mostly yeah, listening when, to you guys. Oh, sure. sure when sure. when Jung Yi is uh, like, we get the enough context to know that she's basically like Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, and so like you'd assume that could at least get her to type B. Yeah. But she's type C, and I'm like, man, what is, what do you have to do to be type B in this world? Like, she might be like the greatest soldier, but she still comes from like a poor family or, or whatever. So like, sure, but I mean, like at a certain point, like the fact that she was a heroic icon, I'm like, that's got to earn at least type B. Not in this kinda, world. That's she failed her mission. Not in this world. Which is my point of like, it's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like the the what you would have to do just to clear the 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 lower bar i'm saying to get to the mid range not even the yeah. upper range which i think she should be like just the mid range is crazy my favorite one of my favorite aspects of this movie are uh like every time she does a simulation because like they're trying to get like the perfect combat combat ai and they need to get her from jungi and she needs to complete the simulation so they can get that data uh but she keeps failing it over and over again um so and they keep doing the exact same test so there's no it, there's no change right so the lab director is like all right shoot her in the leg we need to add a variable uh, and what that does is it activates love. Love becomes activated. So every time there was a brain screen, yellow would pop up and we go, love activated. Uh, and then she, she'd have the will to live. And I'm like, oh, it's her daughter. It's her daughter who, who, who makes her want to do it. And then there's the whole thing about... That's a really emotional scene, by the way, when, she's taught, when she realizes that, she, that, she, that the daughter is the yellow part of her brain activating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really there's the little chain. Uh, uh, we we keep seeing this chain throughout the, the movie, key chain, the yeah. keychain, but we don't know what it is, and it's the thing that uh, that uh, the mom gives to the daughter before her surgery. Reverse daughter gives the daughter mom. gives to the mom. There you go, and like oh, because because the the reason she's losing the fight is because she'd been thinking about it the whole time because mm -hmm. she felt bad that she lost it. Yeah, and the moment where she's defeated is because she suddenly glimpsed it, and so she took her eyes off what she was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in a way to maybe combat that the 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 daughter like erases her memory of her of being her of being her daughter that's so rough oh not to mention there's like one of the coolest robot v robot fight scenes in a movie the action movie this movie is awesome uh, uh uh again like this movie has a pretty low budget for, and like i really i really love everything it's doing i really love the look of the robots near the end like the three the, like the three uh, I robots, the, the I robots exactly. Oh, there's the I robot scene, but it's reversed. Love it. 
all, all the robot stuff's great. And for this being a Netflix movie, like sometimes Netflix CG can be, you know, here or there. I think this movie looks pretty good, uh, especially those robots at the end. Um, she's just standing on a mountain. I'm free. My sequels can happen now. It's also cool to have um, police robots that can scan and see civilians and then automatically decide not to fire. Yeah, that's nice. That isn't that nice in the world. Uh, yeah, the robot designs are great. Uh, uh, like the, the 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 big like uh, 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 and Adrian Adrian Army. The other robots who have like the cool logos. Mm -hmm. You know the the anti robots. Um, I thought that was great. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's a pretty short movie. Uh, uh, but it's definitely it's definitely worth a watch. It's like I love. I really wish this were like based on a manga and like, oh wow, I have like a like a 10 volume manga I get to read now. Cause like I love the world, like I like the characters, like I could see this going in interesting directions. It's like a West World. Um but another, it could just be a one and done, which uh, is fine. Another aspect that like I the the idea of the Civil War, um, the fact that it was still ongoing, I thought was like, okay, I guess. Um I felt like just because they reach an armistice to end the civil war doesn't necessarily mean, oh, we should just shut down our AI soldier program. Because like, wait, you think like you guys are spread off out across multiple colonies? There were three colonies that were a part of this union mm -hmm. to fight you. Yeah. You think that nothing's ever gonna happen again? Just abandon it. Scrap the whole AI soldier program. Well, Leave ourselves defenseless. Like, I just, I just like the. I feel like there could have been a read where they're like, we just don't need them to be this personal. You know, we could just have something just as reduced as what we see her fighting in the in the Civil War. Yeah. But the idea that they just scrapped the program totally. Well, I, well, they're scrapping the program to try to get Jung Yi's perfect combat AI, which is which is a huge resource. Like they have, you clearly see they already have a bunch of robots that they used. Right. They just they're trying to get the ultimate the ultimate soldier. But then they can't like apply any of that. They're like, yeah, we're just not gonna. No. It's like just one of those things yeah. where it's like that seems really short sighted in the sense of like thinking that you'll never have conflict or challenge again. Well, I think it's also like if you look at the chairman, that dude seems like a pretty like chill guy. He's like he doesn't really really care. Like he he even says like this like uh, like looking at like like his his, his robot son or his robot companion like eh, none of these things work like i think this is like an afterthought to him like he clearly yeah. does not care like like the daughter does right um he's like you know a billionaire this is like another one of my ventures he has this moment when he's talking to when he's talking about his his robot clone when he says um you know i was gonna transfer my brain i was gonna copy my brain into that and i was going to be uh but it just i couldn't do it because it just it wasn't real it's not it's not I, me it's not me yeah. uh i thought that was a really interesting scene uh, again, yeah, I love, I love talking that. about what's talking about what Sparks is talking about, like concepts that just kind of show up and then don't don't really get a lot of room to breathe. Yeah, and I think and while that is true, I don't think maybe except for like like a, a couple, but like I don't like they they introduce something to me and then I don't see it again. I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like it doesn't bother me that I don't see more of this because like they are throwing a lot at you at once and you just kind of have to roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. Um, like I really love their tram system. Like you know the water the the world's flooded and there's like an upside an up and down like tram system. Uh, I just think it looks really cool. Uh, it does, yeah. And and like the ending, uh, where like the daughter like sacrifices herself for her robot mom, really awesome. Mm -hmm. And then she does the face nozzle thing because she actually she she left one percent of love activation. The one percent was allowed. I thought that was really great. Uh, um, you mentioned a few things that I just want to agree with because like I, the art design for this movie is really great. Um, the CG not is not just really good. It's the 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 Robot designs, I think, are really cool and unique. The police robot, the trams, the iRobot robots, I think they're all really cool and, and well-designed. And the cinematography, I thought, was really excellent, too. Yeah, hell yeah. Yep. Did you guys notice that the lead actress died last year? Yes. 
That sucks. I was I was on Wikipedia like as I was watching the movie and I mentioned that. I'm like, oh uh apparently she's like like what is considered Korea's like first big like superstar, like you know, like like the rock, uh like their first like Hollywood like worldwide celebrity. I'm like, oh that's 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 a and that's the one yeah. who played Jung Yi. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um it's it's all the more surprising. No, to the me. daughter. The daughter. What was the daughter? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's less surprising to me now because in the sense of what I was about to say, which is that it's it's shocking to me in a in a certain sense that Jung Yi is robbed of the actress's face for the entirety of the third act. Like I thought somehow we would eventually get it back. Oh sure. But the fact that we just stayed with the robot model, I was like, Oh this yeah, is a yeah. choice. I kind of wish we were still getting like the idea of the because I think the bummer about it is that and it makes sense, but um the the idea that like these are not ai necessarily they are copied brain data so to some extent they are alive new versions of of the original um and uh and if you go with that idea then like we're losing some of the emotionality of of the person Mm -hmm. um because we're stuck with the the generic robot face yeah which can't do as much yeah that's fair um but i was just surprised with that choice no i i do oh yeah that is a good point um I, I, it didn't, it didn't, not that it bothered you, but that I didn't really think about it because, like, oh, she doesn't have a face on, like, she's emoting as much as you can with, with the face. Nuzzle. Well, it was more, it was more shocking to me when you told me that, like, I thought she, just like as you oh, said, sorry, I thought sorry. she was the actress who had passed oh, away, who was a superstar. And I'm like, could God. you imagine if The Rock was a generic AI yes, I face for the third act of the film? And I'm like, that'd be no, really yeah. weird. No, I understand. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, if they're the face of your action movie, you'd think that they bring that face back in some way. That's a good point. End. Yeah. Just like yeah. a like a Halloween mask at the end when she's on the mountain. Yeah. Um, I did really like uh I think the relationship stuff just between the daughter and like what she's going through and what she's learning is really good. Um when you get to like the cancer's back, uh and and her idea of like this the everything my mom fought for, the surgery, like and then now I've lived a life just dedicated to replicating her, like, what was all this for? Yeah. There's there's this feudalism to when, it. When when she gets to talk to her mom finally and she asks my daughter had surgery today, as if it hasn't been like 30 right. years. <laughs> and I'm actually in a coma so in another pot over here. Uh that was a really brutal and great, great scene. Yeah, uh, when she she can't take it anymore, so she shuts her down and then screams. Yeah. Um, I love a good silent screen. That's, that's always effective. Yeah. Anything else? No, I pretty, think it's. I think it's a, a cool original. A cool original sci-fi movie. Pretty pretty good scene of the guy just like being too vicious upon her. Uh, that I thought was pretty good when he oh. has to stand off when he's like losing his wits um, because they're they're going to be shut down. Yes. Um, you mentioned it earlier, but like the one of like the lab techs who uses her body as like looks like a sex doll and he and he promises that's not what it's for uh which well he, no he says what he says is it's it wasn't for personal reasons yeah he it is what it's for he's yes. testing it because he was ordered to and he said this oh, wasn't yeah. because like i'm just being gross and weird i was ordered to be on gross. my own yeah. i was told to be gross yeah and then then you see all of the action figures of her how she has like oh she's just yeah that's her agency is gone um yeah uh really dystopian but like you know I, I'm, a, I'm always a big fan of these especially again when it's like original like he could have just adapted, you know, some some manga that I'm sure does something similar to this. But he's like, no, I got a cool idea, and I'll bang out a Netflix movie. Why not? And again, like, I don't think any. I I think just the brilliance of the concept of. I don't think anything's been more like, man, this is how bad capitalism is. You can't than, even die. <laughs> then, uh, type A, type B, type C, 
level stuff where they blatantly tell you when you know you're going to die like hey man you're gonna if you're too poor you're gonna get the type c which is you have no human rights yeah sorry and it's not to be used for whatever you want probably multiple copies of you it's not uh it's not said but like type b made when they said type b like you you have like you have limited human rights that made me sound like you were put into like a robot body so i thought specifically near the end like when the when the robot cops are coming in and they speak i'm convinced that those are used to be people and now they're robot people so they have no because i think they're full i think they're full blown uh robots type c okay um robots because because you are still treated as some level of human which i think means that you at least have human appearance because they say like the things you don't get are like you can't marry you can't have kids so you can't adopt um uh you can do no religious practices or i wonder if you look like it it, you're 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 a lesser class citizen but you're a citizen gotcha you look more robotic probably it's probably like a cheaper probably it's like it's probably like a cheaper cheaper thing like the scenes are showing but i think you're still a person yeah okay okay. i believe that yeah but the type i I would fully uh, believe that the cops are just type c straight up yeah Uh, it was really it was really chilling when they when they showed up and they were like uh, mission area uh, arrived at mission arrived at mission area uh, as if it were a video game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you guys already rated it. Uh, remind us of the rating. Eight eight out of ten, but I feel like a ten out of ten. Yeah, it's an eight right. out of ten. I'm gonna do a seven out of ten. Yeah, um, good. I I enjoyed it. Uh, wish I enjoyed it as much as you guys. You know, we're all in a similar nebulous. You're not that far away. Yeah. yeah. Should we do our book club? If if we were if we were one of the uh, pink circles from Freya's sigil arrows, you'd be on one end of the circle, and we'd be on the other. Mm-hmm. Still enough to. We're still, yeah, we can still blow up the the vines and stuff. Absolutely. All right, Sparks, it's your book club. Take it away. So um, we're doing the first trade of Transformers Shattered Glass. There is a second trade eventually coming because uh, the uh, five-issue story is finishing up right around this year. I'm glad. Um, So sometime later there will be a Shattered Glass 2. This is written by Danny Lore. Uh, They are a queer black writer who I think is very, very good. They're awesome. Um, With art by uh, Guido Guidi and uh, Daniel Kana. And um, I think that this is really cool. And I'm honestly kind of mad that Ben's not here uh, to talk about <laughs> it, um, which I didn't think about when I was picking it because I just knew I wanted to pick it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is great. This is um, there's a whole like shattered glass uh, idea that was run through the comics back before IDW um was doing the stuff with the transformers and that had like its whole thing with like the toy line and everything but idw had never done anything with it Mm -hmm. maybe some light illusions but never like a story so this is idw's dedicated story to it um and i think this is pretty cool Mm -hmm. i kind of like the idea of uh the decepticons and autobots swapped um and but they're still like who they are you you know megatron doesn't suddenly become optimus necessarily he still has his personality starscream still has his personality um but they are filling now the the opposite roles it's 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 almost this book is almost a genius in the way that the characters remain who they are but like but but the axes are reversed so starscream still is a loudmouth talker but he like inspires people and people love him uh i think this book's really really cool I think it gets I think it gets better every issue. I think it builds and like having every issue be like a different protagonist or a different like like a focal lens and it switches around. Yeah. Uh I think my favorite character is 
uh, Bumble, the evil Bumblebee, Goldbug. Goldbug, bro, that dude's merciless. He he was he's such a short king. He's so mad that people make fun of him because he has, he become a psychopath. Yeah, because he he has um all the inferiority built up upon him. Uh, that affects him in a negative way because he never had Optimus to yeah. lift him up. He's only been put down. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like Starscream's treatment to an extreme. Um, yeah, I, I I really like it. I like the interpretation of all the characters. I think the art is really great. I love the art. Um, These robots look so good. I, I really, really like it. Uh, I, I love getting a story about just like wanting to champion the rights of the working class and that kind of thing and it's uh, very anti-fascist and super like in your face like yo authoritarian authoritarianism is bad and, and, I, and, and honestly like i like a shitty optimist like yeah, I, I, do, I like i, I like too. i like a shitty orion pax yeah. just uh being a dirtbag um yeah this is the this is the kind of fun thing that we talked about uh a little bit when we were doing the netflix show um a couple of years ago brandon with uh megatron kind of being a protagonist um for the will of cybertron and i'm like man if you really run with that idea megatron is cool because the thing is like megatron is a superior leader if megatron is championing the right thing yeah he's better at rallying everybody because that's who megatron is like frankly he is a superior uh commander and a superior lieutenant and and uh tactician uh, I think he's just better at paving the way for for the community than Optimus Prime is. He just does it for the wrong side, so it doesn't work out. Uh, so unlike the movie that we just reviewed, I have a lot to say about this. Um, I loved this. I thought this was really excellent. Um, I was I was I agree with Ryan that it felt like every issue just kind of kept getting better and better. Because um, the first issue, I was like, oh, this is pretty good, and then by the last issue, I'm like, this was great. Um, I really like it when Transformers do things interesting with Starscream, which is not something I realized I liked until we watched the Netflix series. Sure. Um, because I think what they do with Starscream is excellent. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, so I really appreciated when you're just like, what if Starscream, but like an inspirational leader who wasn't trying to stab Megatron in the back every chance he got. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact that like by the time Starscream dies uh, and Jetfire is angry about it, I felt i felt for him that it's a tragic death that i was really sad to see yeah um because he gets he gets um he gets here it is uh yeah, gold bug like punches through his chest and gr- takes his spark out through his back and i was and it's so brutal and like you you really are just like oh shit starscream just died and i care yeah, right. I, I I agree. Like I like the first half of the first issue. I'm like, okay, like it's setting the stage up because you're following Blur. Yeah, I'm yeah. following Blur, but then like then the Blur v Starscream happens, and I'm like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And here's the thing: the end of that issue is really cool too, because yeah. how how Starscream outsmarts Blur to getting melted. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, we we just we slowly learn more and more, and like uh uh, I just I really like all the characterizations. Like I am so glad, especially when this book ends, because like there's a setup in like issue two. That's like, here's what I think the story is going to be. And then it's like, nah, that's Shattered Glass 2. It's the Titans waking up. And I'm like, oh, so there's <laughs> that was a long payoff later. Um, but like all the characterization is super fun. And I love, I love, again, like how every issue is like focusing on different characters. So you really get to know everybody. And by the end, like everyone's yelling and fighting each other. Uh, the way I love the way Blur goes out. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, and again, this art, 
is oh the art's great i think my favorite my favorite issue and i don't remember which issue it is because i took a bunch of pictures but it's when megatron is describing uh the beginning of the war uh and then who is it uh uh someone's like uh oh it's starscream he's like oh you you think you're a coward megatron i remember these events differently and then it's like it shows a page of like inspirational megatron like here's how it actually happened megatron you're a badass and you saved us and blah 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 and i'm like he thinks he's a hero and Megatron thinks he's a failure. And it's like, uh, it's a bad picture, but it's like, it's, it's, I, I remember you. things differently. No, I got you. It's uh, right here. This one. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, and it's Starscream views Megatron as the hero that he actually is. And Megatron, he doesn't believe uh, I love this because this is uh, where we get like Megatron defender of earth, yeah. which I think is so, so, so good. I really want to talk about that because you mentioned, you mentioned uh, how everyone's, everyone's personalities are still the same, but they're just flipped. They're just flipped on the other side. Um, and it's really, and what I really liked about that is that while Megatron is a good person in this story, he's not Optimus Prime. Earth got messed up because mm -hmm. of that. Like Earth did not go well at all uh, for the, this, the, the, that's where, that's where, where the Decepticons major defeat was because they lost Megatron in that, in that fight. Um, right. and, I, and I really like that where it's like, you know, even if Megatron as a good person was in that position, it wouldn't have gone the same way as if Optimus is a good person in that position. Well, because and also importantly, Optimus is the bad person who's, yeah. who's coming and wrecking it. And because Optimus will do things Megatron wouldn't. Uh, in at the beginning of, of like before the war, uh, Megatron and Optimus are talking or, or, or Ryan, excuse me. And he's yeah. like. And Megatron's like, I'm fighting against what you and your secret police did to Shockwave. And then, and then uh, Orion's like, listen to yourself. If you keep doing this, you're going to end up like Shockwave. Yeah. He's like, you're, are you just saying you're going to murder me, bro? Like, secret uh, police? Yes. I, re I really love the designs of the Transformers. Um, they all have different color schemes, which is really cool to see. Um, especially uh, Optimus looks good in the cold blue. Just saying. Um, yeah. God sorry. damn you. Yeah, sorry. You know sorry. what? Just don't correct me when I'm in a bad mood. Um, but oh, sorry. I I really appreciated um, how they went out of their way to give them um, evil, uh, evil and good color schemes. How would Megatron look like if he was on the good side? It wouldn't just be this this platinum gray that he always had in the classic. It would be different colors around different parts of his body. How would Optimus look? He wouldn't be red. He'd be a different color completely. Bumblebee is silver and not gold. Um, and, and, and when we see him in the flashbacks before his right. body was destroyed. Yeah. Um, I really, I thought that was a really clever way to do it. I think there's a lot of thought that was put into this story of not just how would these characters go? How, how, how would these characters act on this side, but how would they look, how that would affect Cybertron, how that would affect earth, how that would affect the world at large. I thought was all really well handled. And there's just so much thought that was put into this in every, in every frame. I don't know why I'm looking at my phone. when I have the comic right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you. I think that like the, the way they uh, reimagine the designs of these characters is very smart, very sharp. It's very striking. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's funny to me because like Starscream doesn't change too much because Starscream's color palette kind of goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which works out for him as as a central figure in this story. Um, I I just really like uh, all the decisions made for like how these characters grow. I I like the storing stuff. Um, the only thing I would highlight is that like occasionally I had to like reorient myself when um we were going into the past 
uh, every once in a while it would happen and i'd be like did i just miss a page sure, sure, sure. um wh- where are we now uh and it, it wouldn't be quite obvious to me but i'd pi- i'd figure it out it wouldn't take too long um that's like my only negative i had in the experience of reading it but overall i think like the way it fleshes out what how this all got to where it is and what the core stakes are is really really well done that, that it takes us until the fifth issue, issue to get the reveal of bumblebee as gold bug yeah is yeah. really good there's this there's this page which i really like which is just jetfire remembering starscream fondly yes um, jetfire still the still the traitor which is which is such a such a a, a sweet sequence and, and 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 almost humorous when you realize you're looking at starscream you're like hey jetfire we just got funding for the thing we wanted right and you're just like wow that's cool it's one of my favorite parts of the entire book is when jetfire is in his uh like absolute state over starscream's death yeah. and he says all i can say is uh starscream and my fault and uh megatron's not fighting me anymore he's just restraining me and how could he know but of course he knew because the decepticons took him in when i tossed him out um just all of jetfire's like internal monologue stuff is so so good yes or when- this, one I want to find. this page when Je- either jetfire or starfire is screaming and all the decepticons are like oh shit yeah yeah, uh, they fight in Goldberg's name, Goldbug's name, in Optimus Prime and Megatron's. They fight for a righteous causes, freedom, power. I've had enough. I would rather have his voice than these causes after losing Starscream. I'd rather have his voice because he's such a such a good... He's, oh, I love it. Yeah, this is really cool. And it made immediately made me... Because it goes the end at the end. And like, that's what I've been waiting for for three issues, bro. So like, I'm excited uh that there is a volume two but it's sure. such a it's such a good character story up to that point I oh think no it's not a about, negative I'm no just, no yeah, yeah. I, I i know i'm just bouncing off of yeah. it um uh not rebuking your point um that i i think it's just so well focused and centered on who these characters are sorry it's at the top of issue four when Goldbug is revealed to be bumblebee yes um which is a super great reveal I and i a, love i him, had a feeling i love him standing next to jetfire because it, it really highlights his shortness mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. jetfire is like one of the tallest of all of the bots yeah uh on either side so like putting them next to each other is really really good i i just really enjoy the entire perspective of Starscream's uh, journey and what he's that he's a scholar he believes in the future of Cybertron the future and key to Cybertron is understanding the past through the Titans and all this and that that's what he was championing and Jetfire like got lost in the conflict and he's like technically Starscream never chose a side I pushed Starscream to a side I like that so much there's this real there's a sequence where we meet Soundwave for the first time that I think is really funny because it's just He's got the Vietnam bandana. Him is the this tragic character who's like he's not resting because he has to always be on the radio. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ravage, when when like again, the the humor almost comes from where you know these characters are. It's not it's not trying to be humorous. You're just thinking to yourself, "Wow, I just watched Megatron and Ravage have a just small talk," um, which is wild. And like, there's Insecticon. When the Insecticon dies, it's like at least we were together again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. I also, I also love like the the twist on like the Starscream thing, where like both Megatron and Jetfire acknowledge that like he always had a flair for being like big and dramatic, and and uh, that's something that they secretly admire about him instead of hate and despise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this there's this panel I really like, um, where it's where it's the flashback of of uh, Jetfire yes. and and Star uh, Starscream approaching Optimus, and just uh, Optimus's pose is 
pitch perfect. Just chef's kiss. Optimus, Optimus in his most Vegeta shit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, all right, but you know, you can do this, but you answer to me. I uh, I always love when a world has again, like the cyberpunk thing. The world has its own vocabulary. So hunting in the rainy seasons has always been a pain in my diode. And like, I try not to ask too much from these but from these bunch of numb nodes. I love you're gonna, that. You're going to smooth your gears if you keep running like this. Exactly. Yeah, I love. You, I love you know what? Uh, verbiage. You know what? He looks like a metabot. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, yeah. The the reveal page of Bumblebee getting blasted and then resurrected as Goldbug. Uh, that's good shit. He's such a little jerk. And I the fact it. that he tried to kill Optimus, Optimus. and it failed and so, so so much. He's like, I am not a joke. Um, <laughs> did, did they make toys out of these? They, they some yeah. it just recolors at least. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I I will I will buy a gold bug. I've seen there's many of the optimuses. I'm sure, I'm sure there's at least one gold bug. I'll, uh, I will buy a little jerk. Love it. I I what I like is that just like we were highlighting again, what's so great about Lore's writing here is that the characters are still so much themselves. Like Optimus is a warlord of this because Optimus is still using the exact same tactics he would use if he were the underdog. He's just now using them as the top dog. He's using the same kind of like how he uses his networks, how he gets around what's going on, but he's in control now rather than having to do it as like a rebellious uh, figure our way around the Decepticons angle. He's now using those exact same things, just (laughs) going about it the way that he can, where he's flat out going at it because he's on top. Uh, So this is not the, this is not the first mirror comic that, that uh, Daniel Orr has written. What's this called? Is this called? Oh, Shattered Glass. Shattered so Glass. I'm going to pretend it's based on a mirror too. She also wrote the Star Trek Mirror War Cisco. So here's the thing. Um, Shattered Glass, at least hmm. the original version, it is based entirely on the Star Trek. Yeah, that like makes the sense. Mirror universe. Yeah. Um, in the in the original comics version of the Shattered Glass stuff that they did way back in the day, um, the uh, they would give them facial hair. Not all of them, but a few had facial hair. That, bring it back. Oh, they should have brought it back. Um, okay. Go um, ahead, well, yeah, I was just going to say that um, one of the things that I, I mentioned up top is that I really I always appreciate when Starscream is the focus and they can do something really interesting with him. Um, again, that's just a holdover from that show, doing something really cool with him. Um, and and I, there's a lot of notes of that Netflix show. I, I thought probably one or the other was inspired by, I don't know which came out first. Um, but the, This came out last year. Okay, so then so then the show would, be, would have been first. But I like the idea of paying off the idea that megatron is this um defender of the people kind of gladiator that rose through the ranks which is in that show and then they never really do anything quite as interesting with it um and then here they kind of run with that idea um it's almost the same premise just with the autobots on the right side of history even though optimus is a huge ass dick in that show you bring up a good point. What I like here is that um, it's it's far more about like the difference in m- minor, literally M I N E R, minor working class, and uh, those who are not, rather than them all being subjugated in the gladiatorial arena for this story. It's about yeah. like the politics falling apart between them, um, uh, and that and- that that they're benefiting and treat the uh, the lower class poorly uh, while they do. And they're talking they're about the lower class was so chaotic. They need order. And they, they talk about Ratbat having been elected to the Senate 
Uh, and Megatron was like, I thought that was going to be like helpful for us because he's still he's still at the point of these flashbacks. He, he's protesting. He's trying to fight through the official channels, not trying to fight dirty. He's trying to liberate Cybertron, liberate the class warfare. And Rat Bat was, became becoming a senator was like, we have one of us. We have a minor in the Senate. We can make changes from within. And it all falls apart because Rat Bat was assassinated. Yeah. Right. And and Danny Lore is bringing a lot of like good real world context to things. There's a part in that flashback stuff where Megatron said, like you you violently assaulted one of our protesters but when the meager counter protest to us was happening earlier none of them were touched Mm -hmm. uh and and making that point just which is always happening in our real world um it's 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 very sharp danny lore i think writes uh all these characters very well has a good grasp on the world and who they they would be yeah in this scenario and who they would be in the regular timeline to translate that over, um, which I think is really impressive. Like we get a lot of characters uh, for a while in throughout these issues. And when we spend time with them, I feel like they are distinct, they are clear and they are accurate. Uh, it's, it's just really good. I this is one of my favorite and I haven't read a shit ton, but this is one of my favorite Transformers comics I've ever read. Oh, for sure. The last thing I want to say uh, about this is that um, it's really cool that they let Mega that the Optimus only exist in flashbacks. Um, we don't see Optimus, as far as I can remember, we don't see Optimus in the present day, um, and only see him in the flashbacks. And keeping Optimus away from the story, at at the very least, um, even if he is in the present day, the fact that he isn't the central prote- uh, central antagonist of this. Uh, book was really fascinating and really refreshing because it could have so easily just been a Megatron versus Optimus story, but they were on the opposite sides. And there is still that relationship between Megatron and Optimus to mine from. They were still friends at this point. They were just on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and it affects everyone. It, not it affects me. everyone. And, uh, real quickly. Uh, and, and so to have it not mining that story in this volume was a very smart choice because you could focus on again the star screams the blurs the gold bugs the jet fires and we we have more of a connection to them rather than just it being another megatron and optimus story just doing batman and joker over and over again yeah um i think i think technically there's only one panel of optimus in the present and it's Mm. just at the very very end when ultra magnus is talking about them and it's supposed to be optimus at that moment in time um but that's not really that important or nor does it ruin your point which i think is an excellent one that i hadn't thought about Yeah, yeah that that they kept it from becoming sucked into the optimus megatron of it all and let these other characters stand out so we know obviously there's a sequel the sequel out um the I, first three issues are out it's coming out so uh, uh clearly like th- this was a, a long-term story like you know like like not having optimus in the first volume is like pretty risky like oh mm-hmm. what if you only get one volume they were pretty I think, confident i think that they would get another i think one. when they started at least I, i'm pretty sure i read danny Moore talking about it that like they didn't know how the sales were going to go. Yeah. And if the sales weren't there, then it would have been just a five issue series. And yeah. that would have been it. Like the second five issue series was not greenlit until the, I think the third issue had also sold well. And then they said, okay, you're going to do another five issue series. Love it. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Really enjoyed this. Always great. Uh, make good guys, make a bad guys. Prowl. <laughs> Prowl is very briefly in this, but Prowl's design is awesome. Is it kind of sexy? It's kind of sexy. I'm just saying he's kind of like, he's got like, he's kind of like, he's kind of a little, what, what, yeah. why, Victor, Mr. Prowl, Mr. Big Shoulders. Those hips don't lie. <laughs> um, um, okay. Yeah, I Prowl. also love that there's a little nugget of like Prowl and Goldbug both kind of wanting to 
dick over uh, Optimus. I love the, the coloring. Yeah. I, it's so good. This is a vibrant, beautiful comic. I, I'm really happy with it. Brandon, I have a quick question. Did you have the trade already? Yeah. Oh, nice. When did you pick it up? Uh, when I came out, I subscribed. I, I, I wanted to pick it up because you had read the first issue and said that it was really good. And around that time, I saw the trade pop up in, preview, in the previous catalog that I got from the store. So I pre-ordered it just blindly. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll read it eventually, surely. Gotcha. Um, Dude, I love that. That's awesome. I'm so glad that everybody liked this. Again, I kind of wish Ben was here because I think Ben would would love this. Yeah. Um, this is this is a really cool comic. I just really really like it. Uh, I'm I'm so happy that Danny Lore got to write it. Uh, the, again, the art um, from both the artists for the different issues is exceptional. And they're both they both they're they're different styles, but they both look great. They're both they're yeah, both they, they alternated. So it's issue one, three, and five are with uh, Guidi, and issues two and four are with Kana. Love it. Um. Man, just a just incredible, just really, really incredible comic. I thought it was so cool. It's, it makes me excited uh, for you to get that second volume so I can read it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I will definitely be doing that because uh, it, it, and it makes me excited to read more work from Danny Lore because I think Danny Lore's really got got something special going. That Mirror War Star Trek Mirror War uh, series is finally being collected in a trade, and I'm very excited because Danny Lore did the Cisco book, as as you said, Ryan. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that. Ben did text us his book club, so we know what it is for next week. Um, it is going to be Marvel 1602 Fantastic Four. Interesting. Like, Marvel 16... Okay, okay. So it's just oh, yeah. the Fantastic Four tie-ins for 1602. Cool. I don't think I read those. Cool. Uh, oh, wait, let me get the... He's, because he sent over the page from Marvel Unlimited. Uh, let me see if the, the, the people who wrote it are on it uh they are not not cool. on the picture that they sent that he sent over that's okay we'll go over it next we got, week. We yeah. got the thing uh yeah it's five issue miniseries 1602 marvel 1602 fantastic force check that out cool or next week all right guys that'll do it um remember to not let me sneeze on the podcast next week we begin our deep dive into the scream franchise uh with scream one and two uh for ben's first time watching those you really have to sneeze uh <laughs> just let yourself do it no i refuse um at this point it's the principle of the thing um the uh first time watching the scream films and we're really excited to to see what he what he says about them emma sneezed for you oh thanks emma i appreciate it <laughs> um so yeah so so starting next week we'll do scream one and two and then we'll do scream three and four and then we'll do scream five and then when scream six comes out uh, we'll talk about Scream Six, and so stay tuned for that. I'm excited. Me too. I'm there so, are... so happy to go through this because of, because of that schedule. There are also going to be some changes coming to the specials tab or the um, just the topics tab on our YouTube page. So stay, be on the lookout for those, uh, and mm -hmm. you'll see more stuff show up on the audio feed. So stay be be looking out. Um, check out some of our other shows if you like to if you like this video and subscribe to this channel you can check out of course Fake Nerds Watch tons of Fake Nerds Watch stuff uh, coming your way um, The Last of Us is is going on and you can check out uh, Sparks, Ryan and the friend of the show uh, Pi yep maybe Talk weekly about... we'll see The Last of Us yeah um, and then of course uh, I, I did a Willow discussion with Ben uh, you can check that out uh, up now and uh, check out our, our new Fake Nerds Watch audio feed which is up right now subscribe to that get a bunch of figures watch stuff cool 
Uh, check out Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade is our Let's Play series. You can also check out Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which is our video game discussion series. We got a new episode coming soon, a quarterly. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned. We recorded it. It would have been out now, but there's some audio stuff I got to edit through. So yeah. sometime this week. Very cool. Stay tuned. Fickner Book Club and Animation Station. Uh, actually, I can't do that bit anymore. Fickner Book Club is also a show that you can find on this channel. There's plenty of other stuff up there. And Animation Station, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish review and discussion uh, by myself and Sparks. Uh, we talked about that uh, brilliant movie. Check it out. Of course, you can also link below. So you can check out our Patreon and our Public if you'd like to support us financially. We greatly appreciate it. Which you can find you can find all these links for all the shows and all the audio things, everything on all the writings, blah, 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 blah. Everything is on our homepage at fakenerpodcast.com, our landing page at fakenerpodcast.com, which is linked below as well as all these links. Check all that stuff out. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who watched the live the live show. We always appreciate you. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind again. Um, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for all of our musical themes that you heard here tonight and on all of those shows that I mentioned above. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, or you can find his podcast at Suburban Proctologist Official at or at Subproc Podcast, his Facebook and then Instagram. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Um, thank you to Mike Matola. Mike Matola, a wonderful friend of ours. You can find uh, his uh, uh, some of his logos that we do uh, that he's done for us. And you can also check out all of his collaborations that he's done with us. Uh, soon, a new collaboration with Mike Matola, um, hopefully. You can find him at TikTok and Instagram at Mike Matola. We should maybe start rewatching some of the Phase 4 stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, why? Why? For what reason? Rewind it 25 seconds. Stay tuned. Um, cool. Uh, Fickner Podcast at all the social medias, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at Fickner Podcast. Ficknerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at Beatsy McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for kydramamedia.com, atomicgeekdom.com, and cbr.com. Coming soon. Um, ben is at Ben Magna 27 He does Go Nintendo, Old School Gamer Magazine, uh, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and he also plays Mary Frankenstein on The End Dark every week on Wednesday. Sparks? Uh, you can find me um, just getting excited to spend some time with Ghostface at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, SPRKZ Witty. Ryan, you can ask me what my favorite scary movie is at DJ Tony Snark 616. What's your favorite scary movie? It's The Thing by John Carpenter. It came out in 1982. That's true. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to our channel. Until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs>